0: Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 165 of Otaku Brothers. My name's Rusty and as always I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law Ryan. How the heck you doing? We got frigid temperatures in Ohio right now.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Happy New Year's, everyone. It's welcome to 2024. We're mm. starting out here in Ohio with some sleet. We got some rain and we got some snow. So typical, typical weather for uh, this time of the year.
1: Absolutely. It's perfect weather to sit down with a good old JRPG, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I'm going to go hard on
0: some games at the start of this year.
1: We already have, yeah. We we have a lot to to get into here in this episode. But I would encourage you, if you are a first time listener of Otaki Brothers, to go check out our previous episode. All four and a half hours of it. It was a historic Otaki Brothers episode where we talked about our games of the year. We of course laid out a whole bunch of stats for how many games we beat, how many hours we played certain games. Our Runescape trophy collecting rivalry was yeah. revisited, so that was good stuff. And then we ended the show sharing our top 10 games of the year. So I don't want to spoil anything here. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly encourage you to do so. And hopefully we didn't get a whole lot of feedback in the discord, but I hope that people walked away from that episode, encouraged to play some of the games we talked about, whether it was our mm-hmm. honorable mentions or our game of the year or, or top 10. Yeah, you know?
0: most definitely. There's some great games on there. Uh, it's it's a long one. So if it's taking you a couple of weeks totally understand. <laughs> I don't blame you.
1: I don't blame you. There's a whole bunch of goody podcast stuff going on whether it's YouTube or other podcasts out there. So, um yeah, good stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed that. We got a fun episode planned for everyone today. This is our community game of the year special. I think about 2 years ago, that's kind of when we broke up our game of the year show and with our community game of the year special. So, we have about 7 award categories that we encourage our listeners to participate. Send us a little old email sharing their favorite game for those seven select categories. So we'll be getting into that in the back half of the show. But if you ever want to participate in the show, whether it's our Goatee special or you want to write us a question, send us an audio question. Anything that makes the show better. We're all about it. You can do that. Sending an email to otakubrotherspodcast.com. At gmail.com. It's also in the show notes below. So we'll kick things off as we always do. Talk about our life. Anything relevant that we want to bring to the show. And chat about. We'll also get down on some games that we've been recently playing. Again Ryan had two weeks off of work. Things were really slow for me in the office. So I was able to get a little bit more game playing time in as well. So it's just good times man. I love I love December. Because that's mm. when we kind of settle down finally. Look at the year that was figure out what our top 10 games are. No real new releases to speak of. No. January is kind of similar, but now that we're over the goatee hump, now it's kind of like, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of exhausted to be honest with you, because there was a lot of goatee stuff going on. We talked for about 25 hours trying Mm -hmm. to get that episode out the door. Now I'm really ready to just settle down and sit down with a really comfortable. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the word cozy when it comes to games, but cozy game.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year was such a fast pace. It was title after title after title. And going into the Christmas and New Year's season, it's, it's, like you said, a good time to kind of unwind and then start off the year kind of evaluating how you want to play games this year, um, which we'll do next episode. But, yeah, just hitting the backlog hard Mm. because we know those new releases are coming starting February. Yeah,
1: man, it gets crazy. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Next week, so I don't think I teased that yet, but next week we will be doing our annual special talking through our top 10 most anticipated games going into this new year. And I'm praying for my wallet and I'm praying for my backlog that it's a little less wild than it was in 2023 because to your point, man, it was multiple big games every single month. And I just I kind of want to just relax a little bit in 2024.
0: Yeah, my wallet wants to have some food. Yeah, his mouth. Because, I mean, I think it was like 10 AAA titles came out last year. It was wild
1: stuff. We were eating real good. And we're still going to be eating really well here in 2024 when it comes to games for sure. But we'll be getting into all of that next week. We'll also be kind of breaking down any kind of New Year's resolutions we have as it relates to games. Any kind of backlog titles that we really want to focus on chipping off the backlog. So more on that next week. Again, today we're here to read a whole bunch of emails And I've been kind of wetting my whistle trying to drink a tremendous amount of throat coat tea because we've got a lot of emails to read through at the back half of the show. Thanks to all of you wonderful listeners. Big shout out to all of you. We'll be continuing to shout you out here in the back half of the show. But Ryan, it's a new year. It's a new
0: us. But not too different because our changes and our goals change or start next week. So we have Mm -hmm. some time to... That's deal with right. the old us. That's right, man. I got
1: seven <laughs> platinums before the New exactly.
0: Year. Exactly. I've about a what, forty couple forty hour work weeks of Runescape to put in before uh, we hell we get those yeah, man. Out.
1: Hell yeah, we can't lock in our resolutions until next week. That or yeah. two weeks from now. I All guess. diets start
0: tomorrow, right?
1: That's right. That's right. Eat your Doritos today, kids. <laughs> but uh, no, do you do anything fun for New Year's this year? Uh, nothing too crazy. I'm in the process. I
0: finalized a date to move out of my current apartment. Mm. So it was a lot of. Just chilling, uh, put on some good music, just uh, listen to some podcasts, and I'm just tearing down everything in my apartment. So it was a good, relaxing New Year's for me. That's exciting stuff, man. Well, what do you have rotating on the iPod nowadays? Well, currently still going through our last podcast. Okay. It's it's a long one. Uh, I'm almost done. Um, but usually my cleaning music is proximity. Oh. It, it's like a nice... They, they do individual songs, a lot of remixes of techno music. Yeah. So that, that's my, like, let's get down and dirty. Let's get down to business and defeat the uh, dust bunnies of the hunts. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Good stuff. Okay. Yeah. I've been, uh, to, to the surprise of no one, I've kind of left U2 in 2023. Because stro- you went
0: ham on U2.
1: I did. And I kind of took a, a little bit of a break with the Foo Fighters just because I'm still kind of... Getting over the trauma of losing Taylor Hawkins. That's fair. Rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of back on my Foo Fighters kick, though. Oh, so I've been listening to some Foo Fighters radio on Spotify. So, you know, there's lots of bands like Blink-182, Audio Slave. And yeah, I have a bone to pick with people. Okay. Creed is also a part of the Foo Fighters radio. And I don't understand when it became cool to hate on Creed. I'm here to say, higher, one last breath, freaking jams.
0: Creed's great. Nickelback... I like Nickelback. I they do get too, cra- man. They get crap because they were just an asshole at one of these like concerts. I, I think it was like a charity event. and They were like, "Hey, turn it off because we don't want our thing broadcast." Is mm-hmm. one of the main like reasons from what I was listening to. But they they had some jams. We might be fading out the show today with Hire by Creed. All
1: right, just to piss people off.
0: Let's do it. Copyrights are not a thing here. A no, they're
1: not. They're we don't monetize the show for the sole purpose yeah. of me playing Creed and Coldplay we music to we close out our shows um just to kind of you know get under people's skin but there was a, a very memorable performance by creed back in the day i think they were at the dallas cowboy stadium it could have been the super bowl for all i know i don't really remember it may have been a halftime performance at the super bowl and creed played higher mm. and the lead singer was like on strings like flying around the stadium and it was like one of the worst lip lip syncing performances of all time but it's just historically bad and amazing I might need to watch that after this yeah check it out all right and shout out to creed all right they're coming back with the vengeance all the haters can sit down we love creed around here all right is creed
0: considered classic rock now are we pat to the point where our childhood music like the 90s and early 2000s that considered like old-timey
1: i think it is i mean i think you know you think about like the classic rock bands of yesteryear you have beatles at the top queen's up there AC/DC and creed's probably coming in number four acdc goes back like
0: what like 40 50 years at this point though right
1: yeah brian johnson's still he's they're still they're still kicking he's still yeah. spitting it out there um but yeah all right good stuff so that that's kind of what's rotating on my ipod nano cool
0: right now oh. <laughs> i i still have my chunky original uh what was it the ipod video that
1: was the first one i got mm. i think lauren had a shuffle and maybe a Nano as well. Do you remember who was on the box when they used to advertise the iPod videos back in the day?
0: Mm, no. Do you? Bono. Really? Hell okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. Dude, I mean, we all got a free U2 record.
0: That's right. It was all preloaded. That's right. I think still on the iPhone, right, as well. It was. It pre-loaded. Yeah. Preloaded. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can't get away. Can't, can't get, can't away, get away, away from Bono, my friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also couldn't get away from the new year, but Laura and I certainly attempted to. Mm-hmm. We went to a kind of a log cabin about an hour and a half south of us over New Year's weekend, which was really nice. It was an opportunity for us to uh, get away, kind of reflect on the year that was, do some planning for uh, just kind of goals and ambitions we have for our marriage and our life and our careers going into 2024. So uh, we did a little bit of that over the weekend. But we also just played a tremendous amount of games. I actually brought my Series X. She brought her Switch. So we played some Mario Party. We uh, played some classic Battlefront 2
0: yeah. So you sent me that picture and I was like, it's funny that you do what you do here, except just in the cabin, which would be But the, I mean, those great games. You can't yeah, complain. It's yeah. just super relaxing, I'm sure, being in the the wilderness.
1: So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I guess more of a PSA for folks, though. Don't go in hot tubs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I um I went into a hot tub Friday night and Saturday because they have one at this cabin that we were staying at. And, uh, all went well, according to plan. It was fun. It was relaxing. And then we got home Sunday afternoon. I woke up Monday with just a horrible rash all over my face and upper body.
0: That's good. That's very attractive. That's what the ladies like.
1: (laughs) Thankfully, no rash, uh, down South, which was, you know, good times, but like, I kind of was freaking out a little bit. Yeah. And, and thankfully Lots of water, hydration, and good rest, and it's kind of gone away. But I was kind of scared there for a little bit. Yeah,
0: you don't know what lies in those dark places of the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> to quote Gandalf, <laughs> delve too greedily into the, the heat of the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was talking about, man. That's what he was referencing back yeah, in the film. Yeah, you finish. see Gullum's uh, complexion? I mean, he has a nice face routine. He's got L'Oreal kids mm-hmm. because, I mean, he's got
1: that youthful look. Yeah. And
0: uh, he stays away from hot tubs, so.
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely stay away from those. They're kind of like little cesspools, and I would not recommend people going into them. Yeah, but the uh, more you know. <laughs> the more you know, for sure. But an excellent chance to get away. We came back Sunday. I can't remember if the Steelers played Sunday on that day or not, but we got a good Steeler victory. Mason Rudolph is the king. He is certainly going to lead us to the promised land. At least that's what I'm telling myself.
0: Good. Just but- keep,
1: keep self-encouragement. Absolutely. But Ryan, I want to talk about some of the games that we've been playing recently. You know, Lauren and I got down with some Lego Star Wars, Mm -hmm. the Skywalker Saga Nice on Game Pass. Are you through one or are you starting out on number one? We were. Yeah, we started out on episode one, playing some Phantom Menace. That was good times. And then we played some Battlefront 2, played a lot of Mario Party on the Switch, which is also just so freaking good. But I'm I'm still a little upset that Nintendo has not given us new boards. Hmm. All right. New- yeah. Like Mario
0: Kart, they're pumping out racetracks for days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just the gift that keeps on giving even in the year 2024. And I just don't understand why we only have six boards to choose from. And, and is it Mario Party Superstars or Super Mario Party? I don't know. The newest there, there's been one two of them. Yeah. The newest one that recently came out. We have six terrific boards across they're, It's It's meant to be the greatest hits of Mario Party. I just, because we have like 14 different Mario parties at this point, why are they not give? I'll pay for them.
0: Yeah, just do what they did with Mario Kart. Just do deluxe, five new boards. Just keep on pumping them out.
1: Yeah. So I hope in 2024, that's something that Nintendo thinks about doing. Because again, I would happily pay for that DLC. But um,
0: For it, Battlefront 2, oh, yeah. is that Game Pass, right? Or is no, it, I, I bought a copy bought that. of that. Okay, do they still do the upgrades per, like if you do so many headshots, you can upgrade your starting weapon? Like for the machine gun, you had a frenzy if you got so many kills with your machine gun.
1: Well, to take a step back. So I'm talking about the Superior, Pandemic-developed, Rest in Peace Pandemic, famous, notable for their games back in the day, Mercenaries, Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2, Lord of the Rings Conquest for the real ones out there, Rest Pandemic Studios, Rest in Peace. I'm playing, we're playing the OG.
0: Yeah, the OG. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you definitely, after matches, you get, like, hey, Killing Spree. You get all those, like, okay. uh, accolades. But I don't know if you're actually able to upgrade guns. That was always more of a you thing.
0: Yeah, I, I went through and ground out the best guns. Because, like, you for the sniper rifle, you could get a really powerful pistol. The one that Django Fett uses. You surprise me every episode. I know, right? That OCD mentality of just grind until you can't grind no more. <laughs> yeah, And, uh, yeah, so th- I think the only one, I mean... I don't know if I forced Lauren to grind this, or I just did it myself. I forced her to do Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. grinding, but yeah, I I'd be curious to go back to that one because those grinds were a ton of fun.
1: Well, I mean, when it's not on sale, you can get it through the Microsoft Store for ten bucks. When it is on sale, it's oftentimes discounted like two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just get a copy. Yeah, I have both of them, and they're still a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think for Xbox, I'm just going to go digital for everything. Mm -hmm. um i think we talked about that last time it just there's no point in having i'm running out of space i having torn down my entertainment kind of bookshelf i'm like holy shit i have so many blu-rays and dvds and then i also have a crap ton of playstation games i'm like i don't have any space for xbox
1: well my thought is and i kind of mentioned it maybe i wasn't as explicit on the last episode when i was talking about playing more stuff on xbox and less on playstation Lies of P is the perfect example for me of I played it on Game Pass, love the hell out of it. Spoiler alert, it was pretty high up on my Gody list. I'm absolutely gonna buy a physical copy of that on PlayStation Five at some point, okay? You know, and replay. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it for every game that I play on Game Pass, but for the ones that really hit hard, Lies of P being a great example of that, I'll get a physical copy on PlayStation.
0: Yeah, for like me, I mean getting into games we played this week, like Sekiro. Mm. I, I bought it, a physical copy when it came out on PlayStation. And then when you started playing it this week, as I forced you to, yeah, um, I bought the, a copy on Xbox as well, because it's not a Game Pass. But I'm like, FromSoft deserves a New Year's present. from
1: Ryan. Yeah, so. that's sure. We'll keep whispering in your mic. Let's, let's actually get into these games that we've been playing recently outside of the ones that have played The Cabin. So first up is a game that came out last year a game I didn't download. You spent about 10 to 15 hours in when it first came out, but I was just so hot off of us talking about Lies of P on the podcast. And I was really in the mood to sink my teeth deep into a Dark Souls-like type of experience and one that I hadn't played before. So I downloaded Long: Fallen Dynasty, not Black King Wukong. All right, don't get don't get the two mixed up. Mm-hmm. They're two separate games. Long: Fallen Dynasty, it's on Game Pass. And this is kind of Team Ninja's follow up to Neo 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And it has, I would say, from a gameplay design, some of the similar things where you are just getting new outfits, new weapons, new gear out the wazoo. And inventory management can kind of be a nightmare. But beyond <laughs> yeah. that, I was having a really, really good time with it this. It also
0: part. takes away the thing that you didn't like about the other Team Ninja games, which is the stances. It doesn't yes. have stances. It does have loot for days, which is fun from an RPG standpoint, which was some of our complaint about um, some of our other games, like Final Fantasy 16. Or, I mean, Liza P had a, a more Bloodborne style, but mm-hmm. it's not like uh, Assassin's Creed Origins or Odyssey. Just loot for days. Yeah, loot for days. Yeah. So, um, yeah, inventory management is horrendous, but it is a lot of fun. I, yeah, I, I put maybe 10 hours in. I didn't get very far, um, and then I ended up getting stuck on a boss, which you just freaking whizzed by. You you were crushing bosses, and I'm just like, I struggled through every one of them. Because I was coming off of Lies B, and I was like, I beat this really hard game. I've got some confidence, and then I wouldn't do, I didn't play it like a Souls game. I was playing it like an action RPG, which is not how you want to play this. Um. And I think you had a better setup than mm-hmm. I did. Um, I, I think the weapons or your enjoyment of this game is really dependent on your RNG. Mm-hmm. And this one, more so than some other of the
1: FromSoft or Souls like games. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And I just found like this spear type weapon that I just really took a liking to, especially because, or I would say more than anything, because of its reach. Yeah. It also hits pretty hard. So I was just upgrading the heck out of that. But if there's one thing I'm really going to nitpick about wo long and i didn't really get to this point um or this skill check until about 18 20 hours into the game maybe not even that long maybe it was more like 12 to 15 and it's a boss that is just kicking my ass and the one thing you need to know about Wolong is it's it's similar to sekiro in the sense that they really the game requires you to leverage the parry system mm-hmm. and you have to i wouldn't i wouldn't say master it because you can still dodge roll and dodge your way out of attacks and stuff like that where Sekiro is like you need, you told me this we'll get into the Sekiro conversation in a little bit is like you need to reframe your thinking to never click the dodge button if you're thinking about clicking dodge you need to click parry and Wolong doesn't go to that extent however the thing I want to nitpick about Wolong because I was just parrying people out the wazoo and I was loving it and it felt rhythmic in a certain way. And that's kind of what gave me the confidence to say, well, maybe I can, t- maybe I'm a professional gamer. Maybe I can actually take on Sekiro now. The thing that sucks about Wolong is the bosses have so much freaking health. They like, are sponges. It, it is yeah. absolutely crazy. I, I thought Liza
0: P had some pretty dense bosses as well, but this one, they, they're just. Especially the one that we got stuck on. I don't know if it's spoilers to say his name. Lubu. Lubu. He's the typical um, dude on a horse with a spear. I think in most, like, not Ninja Gaiden, but like some of those other type games, he's very iconic. He's kind of based off a historical figure. Um, And there's a a boss like him in Sekiro, the, Mm -hmm. the first boss. So, like, he's everywhere, but. Yeah, it is definitely a skill check and his health bar, like I I got maybe 5%, 10% in that my first time and I'm like how the hell? Yeah. The nice thing about this is the parry button and the dodge roll button are the same button. Mm -hmm. So like the timing is the same whereas in Sekiro you have two different buttons. You can dodge with like a kind of a dodge roll, more of a dodge like skip and then you have like a legit parry with your sword. Yeah. So it's it's not the same type of parry system. I, I'd say I love Sekiro the most, but yeah, I, I think it's a good introduction as far as parry timings, whereas mm-hmm. like Liza P also helped getting towards that that mountain that is that skill check of yeah. Sekiro's combat.
1: Yeah, so I, I fell off of Volong just because that boss, I must have attempted that 20, 30 different times. I got to the point where I got into about 25% of his health left. Like I got oh, 75% down. Damn. And it is one of those things. Like I tend to be much more aggressive when I play the souls games. Like I want to get in there. I want to like knock this person out. I want to chip away at their health constantly. And I just, I want to be very aggressive with my approach. And Lu boo is one of those that I just, I couldn't be. He's
0: the boss that you're, you're supposed to be very defensive. He yeah. has,
1: he has very specific windows
0: that you open up over time. One hit here, one hit there, and you're pairing the entire time. Like I've, I've watched, A couple people play through his entire fight, and it's basic. It's a slog. Yeah, it's like a ten minute fight of you're gonna get potentially one shot if your build's off.
1: Yeah, and that was the video that I saw. Was you you cannot go in for an attack. You have to wait for him to come to you.
0: Yeah, so they do these kind of unblockable attacks, like the the red parry attacks. And if you hit that, you do have like a stagger meter for the boss, and then he gets staggered for a critical hit. Um, every once in a while. And that's kind of what you have to grind out mm-hmm. on this. And those those attacks are like, yeah, I'm going to wipe out 75% of your health.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucks. So I want to go back to Wolong and, you know, we'll get into the Sekiro discussion here in a second and whether or not I-, I can continue to move forward with that game. But Wolong, what I was liking so much of it, so much about it was similar to my experience with Lies of P where I was just really anticipating beating that boss getting to that next area. Similar to Lies of P, Wolong is almost kind of segmented into these like little mini chapters, mm-hmm. um, or these little like these little mini zones. So it's it's relatively linear. You can go off the beaten path, but for the most part, it's it's pretty much A to B, which I kind of liked a bit. Like if I want an open world souls game, I'll go play Elden Ring. Yeah I kinda it's like it's mission things.
0: based. It's very much how Neo is as well. Yeah. And if you want to so they have kind of like an A track B track for some of these missions where it's you grind out like the story mission and then on the backside it's like a a boss and a smaller you can replay it for in the, like at night yeah. and then you grind out some of the materials so yeah. like the stuff for your armor the stuff for your weapon
1: yeah uh, and i like that a lot it was just this lubu boss really again going back to this the skill check thing and on reddit and youtube comments like people tend to say this person took me six hours. This person, I, I gave up on the game because of this boss. Um, so I think I just needed to kind of take a break from it, similar to Lies of P. Yeah. Maybe I go back to it at some point and I knock him out. But again, it's definitely a test of patience more than anything else.
0: Yeah, it's hard doing the biggest skill check in the middle of your game. Like not even halfway. Because I looked at the the boss list and Lubu is, I think, a couple one or two before the halfway mark Mm -hmm. so it's hard to do it that early in the game to have like a here's the wall that's gonna stop you from playing this game i think my favorite part about Wulong is uh the customizableness of it you do have to get maybe five or six bosses in before you get full access to like respecing with any without any cost um but the ability to just completely respect based off of a
1: new weapon drop you got
0: is amazing.
1: Yeah. And it's very fashion souls like because you're unlocking so many armor types all the time that in so many very unique designs that you can kind of fashion it up a little bit and not worry too much about the actual attributes of each armor set necessarily because you can upgrade and kind of tweak things so often.
0: Yeah. And what's nice is also so like there's a star system on each one of your armors Um, So you have 1 through 4 before New Game Plus, and New Game Plus adds 5. And what those stars mean is basically you have three attributes for a three-star piece of armor or weapon. And then you can go in with this blacksmith who's, like I said, five bosses in after you beat a certain boss. um, You can customize any of those skills. It takes a lot of resources and a lot of gold, which you can grind out if you really want. But, like, you can build builds based off of weapons pretty easily. It's just somewhat costly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I was building... I had a cool, like, monkey staff. um, uh, And then I also got these twin blades. So, I'm like, I I want a lightning weapon build. So, all my skills that I put onto this... My armor that I upgraded and then my weapons were all... I want buildup of electricity. I want, like... Uh, electricity or lightning damage it was all focused around that trying to figure out a strategy to beat Lubu. Yeah. so it is there um I can't think of i don't think neo had that ability to be that kind of unique with your builds yeah never I, I far enough yeah I, I really like it but it's just freaking hard
1: yeah well speaking of really freaking hard Ryan <laughs> yes seku <Sekiro>. so <laughs> Lubu I had to move on I said like all right I feel like I've I have enough training To go back to Sekiro and when Sekiro first came out, you and I both bought it, I think at launch or near launch. And there is somewhat of a skill check very early, very early in the game. And he's the ogre.
0: Yes. Before the first boss. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I got to this back back then. And I was like, absolutely not. I must have tried it. 40, 50 different times. I was ready to snap my controller in half. And I just said, absolutely not. I just don't think this game is for me. Yeah. And I think since then, I've beaten Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 3, Lies of P. Played a little bit of Wo- Woe Long. I felt like, all right, I think I've had enough training. Oh, you're a good gamer. To tackle yeah, this game. you have game. some hard ones under your belt. Yeah. And um, got to the ogre again. I think I took me about 10, 15 attempts. Beat him. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I got to the first boss. I was texting you pretty traumatically, like this is this game is ridiculous. Yeah. But I persevered, got through the first boss, and then just beyond the first boss, I ran into this crazy ass bull. <laughs> the raging bull. And he was kicking my ass. I was just here's my problem with Sekiro. All right. So much of this game I love. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, you're this shinobi, the traditional from soft soft. Lore building where like everyone's like whispering under their breath and you have no idea what the fuck they're saying. So I have to go to a guide and ask someone or ask you like what is actually happening here? Like that's the kind of stuff I love about FromSoft. Yeah, it's kind of like Dragon Quest. Like they don't change the formula up too much. This this is the bones of what makes a FromSoft game a FromSoft game. Right. And just the setting of it, you know, kind of feudal Japan. It's just fantastic. But this game just never allows you to breathe. And in Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Elden Ring, Demon Souls, like the games are hard as hell. But they always kind of allow you in some way, shape or form to be flexible with how you want to play the game. And Sekiro was kind of the first time where Miyazaki is like, you're going to play the way I want you to play. And you have to. Without the shadow of a doubt, master this parry system otherwise you are not going to make progress in this game
0: yeah and it's going to be far less fun and yeah the raging bull so you have two mini bosses then the first boss which you beat and then you have this mini boss the raging bull and then it opens up into this
1: open world but my problem with that is like you kept telling me rusty just get past the ogre and it'll be fine i was like okay get past the ogre i hop over this cliff and there's another mini boss there and he just annihilates me. So I go back to the save point. I eventually kill the mini boss. Like, no, don't worry. Just just get past the first boss and you'll be fine. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I got this. So I jump in this arena. and This guy, very similar to Lu Bu in, in Wolong. He's on his horse. He's got his giant spear thing. He, he takes 20 or 30 attempts to get past him. And you're like, oh, dude, Rusty, good job, buddy. Like, now you can finally have fun. I'm like, yeah, man. Let's, <laughs> yeah, I let's, was looking forward to that. Let's have fun, man. Finally, let's do it. All right, eight, eight hours later. And then I get to this Raging Bull, and he just punishes the me. The Raging Bull
0: was, I think, the hardest for me to get past because it changed. The, the thing that's great about the first few bosses, and you can shit on me after I say my spiel, but... Each one of the bosses teaches you a mechanic that then you'll need for the first, like, the first third's main boss. Up until this point, the bull locks you behind, hey, I want to teach you these mechanics. And then it opens up to this world where you can get more health upgrades. You can get, like, three or four health upgrades. You can get attack power upgrades with some of these other bosses around the world. But the first few, like, mini bosses teach you a few things. The first one teaches you the sweeping attack. That first mini boss, he like kind of the uh, warrior. He does the sweep attack, so it teaches you how to jump. You jump off his head. It does a lot of stagger. Uh, the ogre, he kind of just sucks, but you have to learn. He grabs you, mm-hmm. right? So you have to learn how to when to jump away, when to pull you in, right? So when you jump away, when he does the lunge there's a little prompt that allows you to grapple to him and do a few hits. Yeah. That teaches you that mechanic for the first boss. So when the first boss's horse is running away, it shows you that same grapple mechanic that you can grapple over to him, use a fire move, use a a crackler, and then it teaches you that. So it's all trying to teach you different mechanics up into the Raging Bull, where it's like, hey, parry's not always the option. There's other things that you need to learn how to do, um, which is run away. There, there's going to be openings that you need to find. So the Raging Bull, he charges, his face is on fire, or his horns are on high fire, so you're going to take fire damage when you get hit by this bull with your parry. So you wait for him to run around a few times, and after two laps of him charging, he slows down, catches his breath, and there's a window for you to either stagger him with the cracklers, or you can just hit him from behind. Then he'll do a couple more laps. It's teaching you how to run away. Mm-hmm. Because there's some boss arenas that are pretty big that getting in there is not the best option. Running away for a little bit of time to get into that window for you to hit is the best option. So then after... There's one other mini-boss in the Harada State, which I don't know if you ground out any of that. A little bit of it. Um, The first mini-boss there teaches you the Makiri Counter, which is... (coughs) If a spear enemy or a sword enemy lunges at you with like a jab you can actually just parry it and you do a crap ton of damage Mm. so all of those bosses then teach you to kind of the the main four mechanics of the world and then it says go out and explore yeah and it opens up to you can go straight to the first thirds boss you can go into this really cool kind of zen area or you can go into the mountains of japan yeah, and if you really want me to, I can beat the bull for you, um, which will then increase your enjoyment, I'm sure. Because the world is just, it won game of the year for a reason. It's a tough fucking game. But once you understand that kind of ebb and flow, it, it's a dance. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard to get away from that parry mechanic as the circle button. Well,
1: here's the problem, Ryan. I never went to prom because no one loved me. So. I don't like dancing. Dude, I'll love you. I'll dance with you, bro. Yeah. After
0: this, we'll put on some Creed and we'll just waltz. Hell yeah.
1: (laughs) To a faster beat of our heart's drum. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe that's what we do. I I mean, and I don't say this to shit on you. I mean it. Like, I wanted to play Sekiro in the same way that, like, I know you kind of humored me a bit. You played Wolfenstein. Like, I don't say these things lightly, but like, every moment of playing Sekiro for the most part, when it came to the actual combat and gameplay... Leading up to the Raging Bull, like I can't say I was having fun, you know, like it was, it's so hard for me to say that because I felt like even just getting the, from each bonfire equivalent to get to the next mini boss, to get to that next main boss, I just feel like all of it is so punishing.
0: I mean, it is still a soft game. Like, it, I, I love that you beat two more bosses. You could quit now. I wouldn't give a shit. I want you to have that full experience of like that click of, I could see it being your favorite because you love those rhythm games. And that's all this is when it comes down to it. There's just samurai involved and ninjas. It's just, yeah. Listen. I'm glad you beat the ogre. I'm be- glad you beat the first boss. I'll gladly take out the raging bull. You'll see him later in the game as a harder variant, but you'll have beaten so many more bosses that he won't be bad. Mm-hmm. But if you quit now, I would i won't hate you forever. Okay. Well, It'll listen, we still have all 24, 2024 for me to hate you. And then 2025 is a new year, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, I do like my rhythm games, but I don't have like little chibi versions of VV and lightning <laughs> in my party, like final bar line. And yeah. so it's a little bit more challenging for me to get over this.
0: Yeah. That's also another hard thing is there's, it's no co-op. You can't call in a specter or whatever you could for Liza P. And there's no, the leveling system is all technique based. So you get different arts and things that you can do to help improve. Um, So the first kind of thing you unlock in the skill tree is the Makiri counter, which is kind of a punishing blow to that jab attack, but you can get your uh, gourds do more damage. You can get, if you stealth kill someone, you get HP back, which helps in the in-between those different boss areas. It's just a different type of game. Miyazaki, he wanted to tell this very specific story, and it's well fleshed out. This is the first one that's more in your face with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have cutscenes that are not just boss intros, but it's yeah, it, it tells a lot more, and there's a lot of hidden lore as well. But yeah, well, let's do that. After this, I'll I'll kill the bull for you, and then if it's up to you, if you want to play, but at least it it gives you the opportunity to at least have that open world experience.
1: Do you think I have to revoke my gamer card if you beat a boss for me, though?
0: Dude, no. I, no. Okay. Not with Sekiro. Sekiro is the one that it's like most of the reviewers at the start of Sekiro quit. Like, yeah, even Cuphead. Like, people couldn't get past the tutorial. Like, mm-hmm. Sekiro is in that echelon of games. If you don't understand the mechanics 100%, which you aren't going to because it's started start of the game, it's okay. 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 I, I accept you into the Sekiro club.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we'll see, man. I I want to like it so badly. I mean, I went back to Demon's Souls. I went back to Dark Souls 1, Bloodborne, like so many of these games, like kind of the I don't know if I've ever played one of them beginning to end. Like I always tend to take either an extended break or a couple weeks break or just a leave of absence from from FromSoft. You kind of need to, right? Reset your brain a little bit. Reset your mindset. I think more often than not, when you play these games and you run into a boss that is just kicking your ass and you cannot for the life of you beat that boss, it's because you're kind of mentally getting in your own way. But Sekiro was the first one where I just I legitimately looked myself in the mirror and thought, maybe I just can't do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
0: know, I mean, for me, it was Demon's Souls, the final boss. Like I had built my main character out with a really slow, heavy weapon. I still haven't beaten the final boss in Demon Souls and I have the Platinum. How is that possible? I glitched into a wall and fucked him up when his animation glitched. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like four times. This is breaking news. You never told me yeah, this. Yeah, I have a cheater. Yeah. But I still got the plat. No, like, I just, I couldn't do it and it, it wasn't fun and his health bar is so big and I'm just like, I want to enjoy this game. I want to, I'll eventually, I I have a save that's at him. Mm. But it's just, it wasn't fun for me. So, I did it. I mean, it's, it's a FromSoft game. They're, there for whatever means, cheating's a little iffy, but, like, they're punishing.
1: So. Yeah, they are. They I, are.
0: I, I sympathize. Okay. Empathize. Whatever.
1: Well, let me know. Get at me in the Discord. Am I crazy? Am I alone in my thinking? Is this game just, like, royally frustrating and just driving people nuts? I was going to say, <laughs> any
0: for anyone who actually, like, played this game, I don't think we have any listeners who played Sekiro. No, we do. Do
1: we? Oh, yeah. I think Dean, Irish Steeler. I'm pretty sure... Link is like a capital G gamer. He's a he's a pro. Okay, so we got some elites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we had some real ones in the Discord. Yeah. Um I'm just almost, I'm just trying to help you add you add you to that list. So maybe someday, maybe someday. But uh speaking of someday, Ryan, we gotta get to, get to these emails because the Pittsburgh Steelers play at 4:30, playoff implications. It's it's getting kind of intense out there.
0: All right. Do you do you have any other games that you've played?
1: No, I mean one thing I'll kind of uh I'll kind of put out there again. I'm in a weird place with games right now. I really want to play a JRPG, but um, I pre-ordered a game called Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. That sounds like a rusty
0: game. <laughs> that, sounds uh, like,
1: yeah. That comes out here, <laughs> I think at the end of January, maybe it's like the first week of February and it's understandably a JRPG. The art style, like just thinking more concept art than actual in game art style, reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Ogre, even Final Fantasy 12 to a certain extent. The writing seems more Xenoblade like, mm. but the combat is very fast paced, action RPG. I would liken it most to probably. Like
0: a Ninokuni or something?
1: Ninokuni 2 or the Tales of series. Okay. And it just looks like my kind of jrpg kind of the thing i'm in the mood to play right now but as we'll get into next week when we talk about kind of our gaming resolutions one of my biggest ones going into 2024 is i want to play less but i want to play more of and sink my teeth teeth deeper into the games that i do end up playing you know i played some that Meteor- sounds
0: like a, a going back to platinum's <laughs> Or are you saying just explore all the mechanics?
1: No, just longer games. Like, I want to hit up, you know, stuff like Red Dead 2. I want to go back to Dragon Quest XI. I would love to play another mainline Final Fantasy if that that could become an annual tradition for me. Uh, Like, I'd love to go back and play uh, Final Fantasy X. I've started that so many different times. Yeah. Rogue Galaxy is a level 5 RPG that came out on the PS2 that... Uh, was remastered as part of that kind of ps4 collection of games i have that installed on my playstation 5 right now i just want to play more jrpgs but i didn't want to jump into one too early in the year and then we have, have Grand the second Fan-
0: one of final fantasy 7 well i have hey. grand blue
1: fantasy relink at the end of this month and then i have final fantasy 7 rebirth at the end of february uh, i just don't want to play too much all at once and burn myself out so i'm trying to um, tied myself over a little bit, and by doing so, I'm playing. And I went back to feeder rhythm final bar line. Okay, so nice. Getting get yeah. my taste of JRPGs without playing them a whole lot right now. And man, that's just been so much fun. I, I was very much, you know, Blink or our, our good pal, He talked a lot about this, and in, in his game of the year stream and his game of the year video on YouTube. Go check out Blink and Blinkoom out there on the interwebs of how he just kind of binged final bar line all at once. And I was very similar. I thought it was going to be something that I continue to revisit kind of each month throughout the year, anchoring back to that while I was playing Lies of P anchoring back to it while I was playing something like Starfield, but I never really did that. And so the past week or so I've been really just hitting final final bar line really hard. Um, and each song that you play, if you beat it, you obviously clear it, But each song also has a quest associated with it. Some of the quest lines are as simple as if you're playing Noctis' theme for Final Fantasy XV, add Noctis to your party and you clear the quest. Other Other quests are much more challenging where you need to beat the final boss in the song in 20 seconds or less. And so a lot of that requires you to have specific characters with specific abilities in your party and a lot of those characters don't unlock abilities until you've leveled them up a bunch. Mm. So it's just a ton of rhythm game grinding, um, which is just a real treat. So I've just been going back to Final Bar line, uh, clearing quests and and clearing quest for an entire title for some of my favorite Final Fantasy games like 9, 12, 13, um, stuff like that. So that's been a good time.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely what I'd consider a comfort food
1: yeah for you yeah so final bar line's been the big one um thinking about going back to spider-man 2 and and cleaning up all the side stuff because i never did that mm-hmm. um so who knows maybe maybe next episode i'll have my hundred and one hundred and first. 101st is that how that number yeah. would work yep. 101st plat we'll see very nice but um but that's pretty much all i've been playing woe long little sekiro throwing things at walls going crazy and uh some final bar line cool anything else on your
0: uh, so I ended up picking, so I got rid of Monster Hunter now. They, they made an update with raids that I'm not a huge fan of with some of the health scaling. So until that gets reworked, I'm not going to probably play that anymore.
1: Um, I That's picked- good. I think it's important for you not to have addictive mobile games on your phone at any time ever under any circumstances. So I'm glad going into this new year, that's a big goal for yourself. Oh, wait a second. We're at not at our goals or resolutions yet, so you still have two weeks yeah, so to play. I
0: picked up Clash of Clans. <laughs> After eight years away, so I had a I had a good reprieve, and I ended up I was very close to Max on Town Hall nine, and it was just a fun game uh, that I really enjoyed. Just update, kind of like Nino Kuni. I went really hard into the Kingdom Builder, mm-hmm. and this is very much that. So they made a lot of uh, quality of life updates. So I'm just enjoying updating some things or upgrading things, but yeah, not too much time daily playing that. Uh huh. Sure. <clears throat> I'm currently on a shield, so if I, I raid anyone, I can't. I break that shield, so it's it's a waste of my optimization of the
1: shield. Okay, whatever yeah, you so say, man. I,
0: I've been enjoying that, it just kind of in the background of other big games. Um, the big game that I've been playing is I'm halfway through Final Fantasy VII Remake.
1: Hell yeah. Did you start from square one here? Did you I like- did.
0: I started over. I played on the PS4, I think,
1: originally. Yeah.
0: Um, so I had zero trophies unlocked on the PS5. Um, last time I got to chapter two, which you have the first kind of big mission and then you're kind of introduced to the town and the bar and some of your other friends. The thing that kind of got me out of it is Cloud's kind of an asshole at the very beginning of the game. He's just not a fun character. He's just very mopey and just kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying this along with right off the bat. They have six kind of side quests around the town to kind of make you a better merc. And they're very much. I enjoyed the side quests in Final Fantasy sixteen because they related to the lore, uh, kind of explored or expanded some of the lore in the game. Like, yeah, that one what,
1: time I had to go get seven cups of sand really added to the overall experience. That's and- what, Dude, it's better
0: than fucking wrangling cats around a town, which was one of the missions.
1: That's the good group. stuff. Come yeah, on, woo-hoo.
0: No. Cloud's interaction with cats are like, I'd rather kill you and <laughs> to not have to deal with you. Um, but a lot of the Final Fantasy 16 stuff was like, hey, why is there this zombie plague of that's going on? Um, for this one, they're less impactful. Uh, so you do six right off the bat, and then you kind of get into the main story stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really enjoying it once you get past that hurdle. I just finished up another kind of slum side quest grind. Um, so I'm getting into now, let's go full force into Walmart. I think it's called Wall... What? Wall Market is the town that I'm in, in Chapter 9. Oh. But I always hear it as Walmart, so I'm like... <laughs> it just makes me chuckle. Yeah. It's just this giant town of... I mean, so, from my experience with Final Fantasy VII, I played the original game on PlayStation up into the point where this game ends, I believe. Um, So, I, I don't know. I don't want to mention any spoilers. Or sure. Anything, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so I think... From my understanding, where this first remake game ends is where basically I ended before like the open world kind of experience. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I played a little bit like a couple quests after. So, but overall, I'm, I'm enjoying this a ton. Graphically, it's fucking beautiful. Like all the people I'm like, God, you're just, your eyes cloud. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And like all the, like, uh, so Tifa looks pretty good too. Tifa is amazing. Jesse is just great. And then I, I did get to the part where you're with Aerith. Ugh. And my, my favorite part of that is like that I remember. Fr- I don't remember a ton of the plot, but like the rooftops. Mm. Um, some of the it, just the banter with Aerith. It's so different than Tifa. And it brings out a different side
1: of cloud. cloud. It's so wholesome.
0: Yeah. Cloud. I mean, so Tifa is kind of like that childhood friend that's like trying to hold you accountable or who has seen the change that you've gone through through your adolescence and him becoming a soldier. And it's kind of like, God, you fucking changed. And then Aerith is just kind of this sassy, just pure hearted character. Who's just like, you said Aerith twice, but I think you meant Tifa to start. Tifa, Tifa is yeah. the childhood friend. And then yeah. Aerith is the, the one who's just kind of like, you're, you're kind of weird. Like yeah. I'm going to call you on your bullshit regardless. And just doesn't take anything seriously. Um, it just, the banter is a ton of fun. I think I have a one or two more quests with her. Before I get to like some of the bigger plot stuff, but yeah, they've definitely expanded a lot more into like Jesse's stuff, like mm-hmm. Jesse's past, which I didn't know I needed to care about, but I do, and I think that's the point of these remakes is for the director to get into some of the stuff that he couldn't have originally gotten into, yeah, in the confines of what the PlayStation Two, PlayStation One, but yeah, PlayStation One, so even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm enjoying that, um, not a ton with. Was it Biggs? Briggs? Mm, mm-hmm. So that guy, kind of the like macho leader of the assassin team. Yeah. And then who? the guy from Breaking Bad, the other guy. He sounds
1: like the guy from Breaking Bad. He is Bad. the guy from Breaking Bad. Is he's, that the voice? He's one of
0: Jesse's friends. I was like, I've heard this voice before a lot, but talking about meth. So I, I looked it up and it is him. I didn't know that. I mean, it,
1: it sounded like him, but I never confirmed it.
0: Oh, I I was just like, I'm not going to get any further in this game. Like he was the first mission. I was like, that's, that's freaking him. Yeah. So it is. Uh Barrett is just awesome. I love Barrett. He hates Cloud, which is great at He's the start. The man. He is. He's just like his upper pecs are just so fucking chiseled. And you're like, "God, you just Roid hard." <laughs> <laughs> like your neck is the size of a tree trunk. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I like him. Uh Tifa's awesome. Um I'm not a fan of her combat as much yeah. as like the Clouds or the Aerith's where it's it's more like uh it's it's a melee kind of punching where Barret is kind of the long range you got Aerith which is more the mage backup but you do I do like the slotting in of a lot of those gems into your weapons and armor Mm -hmm. so you can get customized that and kind of play how you want to play
1: Mm -hmm. (coughs) you're dying you
0: okay over there I'm doing all right I'm a little under the weather this though I generally don't get sick but when I get sick it's generally because of temperature changes like really quick yeah And the quick shift to snow is just—it's got me. I ended up taking a day off uh, this week. I think Wednesday or Thursday. One, it's—it's hard to get back after being a week or two off. Yeah, and then i got to start Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, a little off, dude. Um, good stuff. I do like. I'm trying not to get into plot. I do like that they got more into kind of his soldier side. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a sequence with. On like a bike that I really liked. Oh, that was sweet. It was cool. Like I don't believe that was in the original. I I remember a sequence similar, but at a different point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting to see like, hey, my ex like war buddies and how fucking nuts they are. <laughs> like you're like, okay, cool. Um, I did. There was one boss where you get to go through a sequence of your customizing your experience, um, by kind of what you discard. Mm. which was really cool. I, I played it in a way that I thought would be good, but I'm sure I could have made it way easier on myself. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really unique experience. Um, Merlene, the little daughter. Yeah. I, I, don't, I couldn't tell. So she's related to Barrett. Is it Tifa's daughter? I think she kind of looks like Tifa, if I remember correctly, but I don't think is Tifa and Aerith are the love interests? For Cloud. Yeah, for Cloud. And yeah. then Jesse is just kind of the flirt who wants to... Do stage work, yeah, yeah, because she, she's always joking at like flirting with him the entire time, yeah, as a joke, yeah, okay. So that's my understanding. I was like, I don't know whose daughter that is, or if like I couldn't figure it out.
1: Hey, Chronos Correction Quarter, let us yeah, know, please
0: tell us who Marlene's what not wife, Jesus, parents are, parents are, yeah, yeah it's Barrett, Barrett, Barrett and, and someone else, yeah. Um. So she was just freaking adorable. Everything,
1: Aerith. I love. You I, just I, go into that little saloon. It's just it's a it's a great little reprieve, you know, where yeah. the jukebox is. You can play darts and stuff like I that. I play darts
0: for sure. Yeah. I I wanted to kick ass because you had to wait for a period. I'm like, what's around here? I'm slowly collecting like Chocobo tracks and things. Well,
1: eventually something you're going to love is deeper into the game, you can go into a gym, as cloud and work out. And so there's a mini game where you can do squats and pull ups. (laughs) I
0: bet it's going to look ridiculous.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he still has his sword on. It's (laughs) it's amazing. It's so good. Um,
0: The let's see. The combat is great. You like it? Yeah. So I I don't know how different it is from like 13 or some of the more. I don't know if it's a controversial In the grand scheme of, like, Final Fantasy players.
1: When it was advertised, it certainly was. Because the diehards wanted the turn-based combat. And I think they just... The director of the game, um, same guy for Kingdom Hearts. What the hell's his name? I I don't pull names
0: out of my ass. You pull names out of your ass.
1: Tetsuya Nomura. Okay. I can't believe I... Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me.
0: It's all right. It's a new year. Starting early. Bright and early. so getting names. Yeah, no. So, it's I love the combat. It's kind of like what... I didn't play much of Mass Effect, but it's a kind of that squad base. You can switch between characters and pop off abilities. Mm -hmm. It's seamless once you get used to it. Like the first boss or so, you're like, why would I switch to anyone else besides Cloud? Because you don't have a lot of customization at that point until you can start slotting different things. And then once you get the ability to scan opponents and you can say, hey, this one's weak to electricity. So I'm like, I've got an ability on cloud. I'm going to hit that off quickly switch over to, um, I think I have Barrett as my electricity guy. I'm going to have him pop off electricity so I can try to get a stun. And like uh, you're filtering through trying to, but like mainly focusing on cloud is combat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, what about the music? The music is great. And usually for me, music and games, it, I don't hear it specifically because it's just, Atmospheric for me, mm-hmm. besides like a Skyrim walking through environments, and maybe like Bloodborne. I, I I can definitely hear the choirs, but I don't and Octopath, the big one, yeah, Octopath you. as well. It, it's just in combat stuff. I generally tunnel vision, and I'm like fight or flight. Let's fuck this boss up. Mm-hmm. But the th- nice thing about that ability to switch between each one of the characters is it somewhat pauses the game, so you hear the track in the background. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I I have a definite more appreciation for those tracks with the ability to kind of slow down combat and actually hear them still like full choir or everything.
1: Well, how about the opening um, cinematic when it's kind of like the pan out of the city and you
0: have the city's a freaking amazing. I, I was listening to a review on the way over here. And one of the complaints were like some of the puzzle solving or some of the plate, the level design is somewhat linear. Like uh when you're under, under the world, turning off lights is one of the missions I'm like, I loved it, because if I look above, the plate is up there, so you get to see the sky and how massive this world is. You look down below, you see into the slums, and you're like, if in, if you put yourself into the characters, they're one slip away from tumbling thousand feet to their yeah. death. So like I really enjoy the level design for a lot of this. I'm not going similar to Final Fantasy Sixteen. I don't need these complex open world because there's tons of other games that could have picked for that yeah I like those linear paths I do remember in my time with the original I did love grinding out characters put on a podcast a YouTube video which there isn't any of that until I think late game which I think you get into you can do chapter select is what I was reading and then you can also do two times XP mm-hmm. um which so I means the bosses are hard I'm playing on normal I don't know if that's the intended route. It had kind of, it's not old school and it's not fully new. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah.
1: I'm enjoying it. It's a ton of fun. Dude, I love it. I mean, coming into this year, uh, I was hoping that you would do this because we have Rebirth right around the corner. And I didn't end up playing Final Fantasy VII Remake until I think 2021 and it came out in 2020. And I want to play Rebirth at launch, be around the conversation. It'd be amazing if you and I are playing at the same time. So super exciting stuff. Glad you're playing it and glad you're enjoying it. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts about some very key memorable moments in the game deeper, like as you make your way deeper into the game, because there's just some incredible stuff. And I think it'll still be very fresh and new for you, even though you've played a lot of the original.
0: Yeah. I All the uh, I can't even say any of that. There, There's moments that I remembered from the original that are. Kind of backstories or those slower moments of conversation where it's Cloud and whoever the other character are, Mm -hmm. they're kind of either reminiscing or it's not like a full spew of plot, but it's those more emotional connections. Yeah, that I've already gone through a few of those, which I I remember loving
1: the story beats in the original and seeing those were great. But well, this might be a bit reductive, and I don't mean this intentionally to to hurt folks that grew up with the PlayStation One game. But I almost liken it to reading a favorite childhood book. Mm-hmm. And you kind of imagine in your mind what it could look like if this was just fully three-dimensional I and think you Harry were Potter watching a movie. I think Harry Potter is a great example of that. Harry Potter, but then when you actually see the film, it's like, oh, this is how I imagined it as a kid. And I feel like Final Fantasy VII, the original and PlayStation 1 to the remake is kind of that come to life.
0: That's exactly why I wanted to play the original first because Final Fantasy VII is beloved by most people. And I wanted to at least – I played – the original game, as they already had announced, this remake is coming out. And I'm like, I want to at least get to the point where the first game ends. So I can have that, it, not childhood experience, but have that same kind of, oh, this is exactly how I saw it. This is exactly what I was thinking these characters look like. And now seeing it in fully realized is great. So mm-hmm. like, I'm even considering, I know there's some DLC after this one, but I don't know where this one ends, um, the next one. Uh, but I'd I'd love to probably go back to the original and play a little bit more of that. Yeah. To at least have some of
1: those more story beats that I really like. We'll be a little careful. You don't want to burn yourself entirely, since we're a month and a half out from from Rebirth. But I think it's a good idea. I mean, you playing this reminds me that I need, still need to go back to um, Crisis Core Reunion, which is ties into the events of Final Fantasy VII, especially from the trailers that we've seen for Rebirth. Zack is connected to the story, so. I want to go back and finish Crisis Core Reunion, and there's also a DLC for Final Fantasy VII Remake mm-hmm. called Intergrade, yeah. which you can get through PlayStation Plus. I, I need to also play that, so I-, I definitely have some homework to do before Rebirth as well. But I think at the very least, bare minimum, if you can just get through a remake in anticipation of Rebirth, I think you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, I'll
0: definitely have beaten the game by the next time we record in a couple weeks. Yeah, because I mean, I did. 15 hours in three days so i'm ready to probably knock it out this weekend hell yeah get hard into it um so far i i don't know if there's i think after you beat the game there's a hard mode i don't know if that's required for the platinum but i definitely want to explore the world as much as possible mm-hmm. and do some of those fun challenges um, once i kind of build out the characters in the end game uh, but th- that's a problem for after i finish it
1: yeah absolutely well you're uh you're getting kind of dancing feet over there sorry aren't? i, I I'm, I'm ready for this uh, email time. You're just getting excited about Final yeah. Fantasy VII, man. I can't blame get, you. Get those happy feet. That's right. Get well, everyone else put on your little happy dancing shoes because we've got a whole bunch of freaking emails to read. I'm going to go fill my beverage or refill my beverage, probably get some tea, switch from coffee to tea. You do whatever you want to do, all right? We're going to give you an opportunity to take a quick break. We'll be back to read the Community Game of the Year special emails. Wonderful shout-out to all of you people that took the time to write us an email. Yeah, thank you. We'll be right back. Now, Ryan, I think it's important to set the stage for any new listeners and a reminder for the people that are coming back and once again, listening to the Otaku Brothers Community Game of the Year special here. We have 13 emails to get through, first of all, which is a ton, which I think is a record. Yeah, I think last year we maybe had like 10 and this year we have 13. So a big shout out to everyone. We'll call you out individually and read your emails here momentarily. But this is based on a select number of award categories that we've kind of come up with over the past several years. Mm -hmm. Some of them you'd expect we have a game of the year award. Yeah, the big one. Right. But we before we go into the actual emails themselves, we are going to talk through our selections for those seven select categories. So the first one being comfort food game of 2023 this is the one that was just easy on the mind. Maybe you kept coming back to it. Maybe you just pumped a tremendous amount of time into it because it just gave you the warm and fuzzies inside. What was your comfort food game of 2023? I think last year it was RuneScape and that's a hard one to
0: not add to the list because it is probably the most time I've spent. I think for me this year it was Minecraft and then a combination of that building kind of game with Tears of the Kingdom.
1: Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mine. uh, We've talked about it. Talked about earlier in the show. Theater Rhythm. Final bar line, three hundred and eighty-five Final Fantasy songs. Just keep going back to that, grinding out, my favorite party. is just good stuff. So that was my comfort food game of 2023. Next award category, we have Slappin'. O S-T. This is the soundtrack that had you tap in your feet, maybe doing a little dance. The same way you danced to Creed. Yes. That's yeah. right. <laughs> the tippin' tapping. And uh I don't know how I couldn't give this to any other game except Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, that's mine as well. Yeah. Uh,
0: I have a specific track, but I don't want to spoil any of the names of any of the characters. So it's a mid-game boss battle. Shit's kind of popping off, and it's a long one, but it's a very memorable choir orchestra track that has a few different sections to it. So definitely worth playing. I mean, It was my game of the year. Mm-hmm. Shit, is that a spoiler? I guess we're going to say it earlier. Yeah, we're going to talk about it here in a Yeah,
1: it's, and my favorite soundtrack as well. Yeah. Well, shout out to Masayoshi Soken, who composed the soundtrack of the game. I'm sure there are other people that were credited as helping him compose that soundtrack, but fantastic stuff. The next award category I have on my list is the Blink and You'll Miss It game. This is what we might want to liken to the hidden gem, mm-hmm. the game that came out that maybe not a lot of people were playing, not a lot of buzz surrounding it, which maybe... No better year for games to fly under the radar than 2023, because even Tears of the Kingdom, people were talking about it, and then moving on to the next flashy toy that came out, probably a month or two after that. Yeah. So, uh, what was your blink? And you'll miss a Mine
0: game. Mine is Lies of P. That's, That's one, one that I was actually going to pass up, and then you told me, "Hey, you need to play this game," and I, I mean, originally was going to miss it, um, and definitely glad I didn't.
1: And I normally wouldn't say that's a blink and you'll miss a game, but it is very underground from the, the, uh, I guess, from the stance that it's a developer that only has, like, I think one other game that they've developed, which was some MMO that kind of flopped. But it's also on Game Pass, people. So subscribe to Game Pass, if you're not already, for 15 bucks or whatever it is, and give Liza P a try. If you need some help, call your buddies Rusty and Ryan.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't. It didn't seem like there was a, a not a ton of marketing outside of like if you're following that Souls-like or Souls community. So, yeah, I was definitely seeing it, but yeah, for m- most people who aren't into that genre, yeah, I could see you missing
1: it. Yeah, my uh, my blinking you'll miss it is a tie between two games. The first one is Chia, uh, mm-hmm. such a terrific little indie game that was free on PlayStation Plus, where you're playing as this young girl, you're exploring this beautiful collection of tropical islands, you get to soul jump into other animals and. Just explore an island, collect a bunch of stuff and a fun little story there as well. Good times, definitely check it out. Bramble and the Mountain King
0: mm-hmm. is
1: the other Blink and Miss game that came out early 2023. Also on Game Pass, if you've played stuff like Limbo or Inside, it's very much like that, kind of a side-scrolling um, puzzle platformer. Very interesting from a story side of things. It's kind of set in... I guess like the the main story is kind of the Scandinavian folklore. So it's kind of creepy at times, Mm -hmm. but also has some very lighthearted moments, including one where you get to ride a freaking hedgehog. Nice. So it's just good stuff, man. Check out Bramble and the mountain King little four to five hour puzzle platformer, great little indie title. You can find it on game pass. Highly recommended next award category, Ryan. I'll get to it. Eventually game of 2023. again, Similar to The Blink and You'll Miss It, 2023 was just stacked. Way too many games, not enough time enough time to play them all, and uh, there were a lot of games that could have sat in this award category. Pretty much everything I bought on my Switch, Yeah. but the one that I really want to get back to, I was hotly anticipating, Hogwarts Legacy for me. Okay, I'm happy you're saying that. Man. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, for me, it was one that
0: I bought full price, which I probably shouldn't have, but... I didn't even download it.
1: It's Assassin's Creed uh, Mirage. That's a good one, man. I'll tell you what. I um, I didn't mention it in the now playing section, but I put a couple more hours into Assassin's Creed Mirage. Are you still liking it? or I, I don't know if it's just I'm completely burnt out with Assassin's Creed or if it's because I was playing it sort of alongside Wolong, which is very fast paced. Mm-hmm. But Mirage is just so slow. And even though it's only, you know, 12 to 15 hours, it goes back to the old school roots of Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood. I don't know, man. I just, I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's more of a me problem because I played like 25 Assassin's Creed games in the past two years. I was going to say, it took a lot, a lot, a lot to get you burnt
0: out on Assassin's Creed. Yeah, It was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take a break from it. And then it was like, oh, I beat Black Flag. I beat like four others in the last couple weeks. So it's yeah. like,
1: make up your freaking mind. So. I think it's more of a me problem for sure, but uh but it's a good one. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Uh prior year game of the year is the next award category we have here. This is a game that as the name would say or imply, a game that came out in a prior year that was a standout title for you. Ryan, what was your selection here?
0: Mine it was Demon Souls.
1: Demon Souls. Okay. Yeah. Is that the one
0: that I put on like six different lists or that was Sekiro? That was Sekiro. <laughs> okay. I was like, it's, it's one of the FromSoft soft Yeah. Demons. <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Demon souls. It's a good thing. You're not reading the 12 emails that we have Yeah, I'm struggling up. to breathe right now. So yeah. it's good. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad I'm in the same room with you. <laughs> we, we've got barriers yep. in our setup, but my, uh, my prior game of the year was final fantasy 12, the Zodiac age. What a treat that game was, man. I don't know why it doesn't get more love. Um, and I don't know why it gets as much, as much hate as it does. Final Fantasy XII is excellent, and I'm looking forward to revisiting that someday on the Switch. Play that game, people. What was I thinking last year? This is an award category that was suggested to us by our good friend Josh Prep. More on him later. And and this is just looking back. If you are someone who tends to put together a list of top ten games when you look back on the year before. When you look at your top 10, are there any changes in the way you ordered certain titles or were there games that didn't make it into your top 10 that when you reflect on it, you think they should have been? So and, this
0: one, I think we have listed as an optional category mm-hmm. in our announcement, but I actually didn't. Going through my top 10, I had a really good mix of AAA games, kind of indie titles. Um, so, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with my list just reviewing for this for reviewing for the last couple episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, my top three was Assassin's Creed Origins, God of War Ragnarok, and Tinykin. There's no way Assassin's Creed Origins was not going to be my number one. Yeah. I go back and forth between whether or not Tinykin could have even surpassed God of War Ragnarok for me. Tinykin for this new generation is kind of like what ukulele was for the PlayStation 4 generation for me. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best 3D platformers of the past decade. Um, When you remove, like, the Mario Odyssey's out of the equation, right, like... I just don't think much can compete with Tinykin outside of like Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Astro's Playroom. And then when you get out of that, the realm of that kind of tier of 3D platformer, man, not much can can compete with Tinykin, in my opinion. The one I even th- I thought about most was I had Tunic at number five and I played Tunic like a week into December just as I was finalizing my list. And I'm like, I wonder I think Tunic still makes my list. It's an incredible game. But I just don't know if I liked it enough to surpass games like Golf Story, A Plague Tale Innocence, Toem, stuff that, you know, I'd been simmering on for months at that point, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh,
0: Tunic was amazing. So good. Um, yeah. You need to play the other one. It was it Death's
1: Death Store. Yeah, Death Store. It's on Game Pass. I have it installed on my Xbox. Yeah.
0: You should definitely add that too. I mean, You're kind of in a weird rut right now, yeah. Uh, but I mean, between, if you're not feeling the other kind of Souls-like or action RPGs, this is one that's very much like
1: Tunic, and it'll get you prepped for a a bigger JRPG. Okay. Maybe I'll play Death's Door then. And then uh, last but certainly not least, Ryan, we have our 2023 game of the year. For you, I think it was Gollum, and for me, it was Liza P.
0: Nice. We both had quality games. Uh, What's funny is in my notes, I have Liza P because I switched it the morning of, um, but it's actually Final Fantasy 16. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, I mean, they're basically on par. Either or toss up Liza P or Final Fantasy 16. Excellent stuff, man. What a freaking year for video games. I mean, we we praise it so much last episode. It's just, it it was a great year to be a gamer, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be hard to
1: top that amount of just high quality titles or that many titles. So I'm with you, man. It was really good stuff. And uh, we're not done talking about 2023 because now we have 13 emails to get through from our listeners. So a big shout out to everyone else. As I said in the top of the episode, if you ever want to get in on the Otaku Brothers discussion, you can do that by sending us an email to Podcast at gmail.com or if you just want to get in on the day-to-day discussion, you can also do that by joining our Discord server. It's a hundred dollar entry fee, but it's a one time fee, so you might as well do it. <laughs> don't worry about where the dollars go. Um just don't worry about that.
0: Yeah, it's just emotional support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh but no the a lot link, of air conditioning costs. Yeah. No. Nah.
1: We have a we have a studio to operate, man. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. But no, joking aside, it's a free Discord to join and uh, a lot of good discussion going on there. So please consider clicking the link, joining the fun discussion. And if you ever have a topic or suggested topic for us to cover in a future episode, send us an email. i talking about this at gmail.com. But Ryan is uh, kind of coming down with the plague a little bit. So he's mm, going to. I'm picking up the mantle. You had it last week. I had it
0: this week. And then hopefully. By the next episode, we're all healed up. And you know,
1: together. is it a coincidence, though, when I said I might need some support this year reading these emails and you're just like, I yeah. have the black lung, Pop? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking Zoolander. Yeah. No, it's
0: not. I, I realized in my adult life, looking back in my younger grades, reading out loud is one of my biggest fears, probably above drowning in a car and spiders. Like, I, I've actually, yeah. I Like, I have, like, a panic attack, thinking that, like, pop. looking back at, like, popcorn reading, I like threw up in high school. Or, really? Yeah, in eighth grade. Just Because my brain and my mouth speak or think at different like rates. Mm-hmm. And my mouth says things that my brain is not thinking. And then I just tunnel vision, so I don't know what I'm actually reading. I'm just saying words that I think I'm saying. So like, yeah, it's I'm not a fan, but it, fine, I am man. actually sick. That's so. fine, man.
1: Well, this is a safe space if you ever want to test that theory. Uh, we can get a throw-up bucket if you need to. <laughs> maybe not this <laughs> all right not this maybe,
0: episode maybe not this episode but if if you're getting anxious i'll probably i'll support
1: you all right man well let's get into these emails okay first so up
0: is there any order to what we're picking are we doing submission orders or just kind of submission order
1: yeah okay. so we're gonna go right down the line here uh i want to check the spam folder really quickly because some emails tend to go to spam um but i did also Request that anyone that sent in an email, they also confirmed it on Discord or sent me a DM just so I knew to make sure and be on the lookout for any emails I didn't see come through in the main box. But I think we have everyone here. We're going to go in through submission order. Okay. And then we do have a prize at the end. We do have have a giveaway and we're going to do that giveaway at an undisclosed time. So you can't look at the timestamps and know because I think it is, you know, it's too tempting for folks to just say, Did I win? All right. Then fuck the other Talker Brothers. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to stay for the whole episode. You have no idea when we're going to do the gift exchange. Uh, It's actually a giveaway, not a gift exchange. I apologize. But we'll give you all those details later. Okay. Don't worry about it. Sounds good. We're just going to get right into the emails. And first up is our very good friend, great friend of the show, Ryan. And you know what? We're going to, on the spot here, come up with an eighth award category that will only be something that you and I give every single year. Okay. Okay. And it is a community member of the year. Mm. And- There's a variety of ways that you can earn this award. I would say one of them being Discord involvement, right? You're starting discussion. um, You're you're just getting fun things going in the Discord. And and whatever form it might be, whether it's sports, general, maybe you're consistently revealing the pickups, the games that you bought recently. And uh, Dean is probably top of the list to get that award. Okay, Dean is someone who consistently posts in the Discord. He's always chatting about the Steelers with me, which I very much appreciate because it can be a dark place sometimes. I don't
0: know how to silence the sports section, but I see you guys talking all the time yeah. on my notification.
1: But more than that, yeah. Ryan, uh, your sister, my wife, went to Ireland for work earlier in the year mm-hmm. and she hit up Dean and said, hey, Dean, would you want to grab dinner one night? Dean... Lives a little outside of Dublin, but he came into Dublin, Ireland, met Lauren for dinner, paid for her meal. Wow. And then was gracious enough to walk her back to her hotel because they went out at night and wanted to make sure Lauren got back to her hotel safely.
0: Yeah. I mean, in my book, you've won the award. So
1: So. major shout outs to Dean. What a stand up gentleman. Great friend of the show. And my gosh, my buddy, I will never forget when we were sitting in a pub talking about PlayStation 2 you were talking about Metal Gear Solid 2 and just, man, it was just good times. Just good times. And then I went to that other place We were, I was on the dance floor doing the worm and it just got <laughs> a little crazy. Rusty
0: after dark. <laughs> yeah,
1: got a little wild, but you know, that's what happens in Ireland. So, and uh, just a shout out for you too, Dean. My dad and I are planning to do a trip to Ireland and Scotland next year, 2025. So be on the lookout. We'll have to hook up again and hang out. Be good times. Anyways, I digress. Dean. With his email here, Goaty Submissions. Hey guys, and hey Lauren, what a year in gaming. I'm exhausted from it. So hard to make this list, I just wanted to add one category for this year alone, and it being best boss battles. Final Fantasy 16 had so many wow moments when it came to fighting Mount Everest sized beasts, so it's an honorable mention for me. It's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it.
0: Yeah, completely accurate. Best They're freaking battles. massive.
1: Yeah. He goes on. He says, anyway, happy to be part of this awesome community. You both have continued to build and grow. I hope you all have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Well, thanks, Dean. Yeah, we thank we you. appreciate we that. Award number one comfort food game of 2023. For him, Diablo 4. Jumping Ooh. in and out of seasonal content has been so much fun. You and really I need to jump back into Diablo.
0: We do. Yeah, we picked up three, and it wasn't a cup of tea. I think we picked the same class, like dwarf or Barbarian or something like that.
1: But yeah, I'd be game for four. Absolutely. His slap in OST of 2023, Lies of P. Mm. Collecting the music in this game made me appreciate it more. Another 2023 masterpiece. You and I didn't talk much about that, but you do and you can collect records in the world of Lies of P, and then go back to the hotel, Hotel Krat and or crot i don't know right and you can uh put those records on and listen to them yeah very similar to final fantasy's ever remake that's right mm-hmm. yeah and final fantasy 16 because you can also go to the jukebox in that game i didn't even realize that was a mechanic i guess i never did that yeah you can do that in that game too anyways his blank and you'll miss a game of 2023 immortals of avium mm. and he didn't have a write-up here for this one but i am curious i've heard folks talk about immortals of avium I've not played it myself. No,
0: I haven't. I thought there was another Immortals game that was similar.
1: Well, Phoenix Rising. That's the yeah. Ubisoft Breath of the Wild clone.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking
1: of. Yeah. I haven't heard of this one. Okay, good stuff. Well, um, keep your secrets, Dean. You know? <laughs> I'll get to it eventually, game of 2023. Atomic Heart. Another one he doesn't mm-hmm. have a write-up here for, but I know the, the covers. That's the
0: one with the robots, right? And then like the, yeah. I, I don't know much about the actual plot, but I've seen some scenes that I'm like, this is creepy. Some like I, robot type stuff
1: okay okay good stuff um i trust dean so i'll take your word for it tom mccart a game he plans to get to hopefully in 2024 his prior year game of the year control i finished it and purchased the dlc still yet to play but wow remedy has got to be one of the best and most underrated developers around excuse me this game is gorgeous gameplay is smooth and the story is very remedy like which keeps you hooked with its mysterious and weird story. Love the pick here, Dean. Control is on my list of games to play in 2024. I think One, it's on Game Pass, right? It's not. it's not. One game in the Remedyverse that is on Game Pass that I actually started and I didn't talk about it and now playing is Quantum Break. Hmm, okay. And uh, maybe I'll talk more about that next episode of the show, but the whole Remedyverse is is very much alive and uh I, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing Quantum Break and moving on to Control next. So, excellent stuff. I agree with you. Remedy doesn't get enough love. I'm glad they got an, a lot of love this year at the Game Awards for Alan Wake 2. And speaking of Alan Wake 2, Dean's 2023 Game of the Year, Alan Wake 2. I honestly thought with how long it took to make this sequel, it would stink. I'm so glad I was wrong. It it gave me Last of Us Part 2 vibes once I finished it. I had that moment where I put down the controller after the credits and thought about it for weeks. This is a masterpiece in gaming. Sorry, Lies of P. Um, Excellent pick. Yeah, very good pick. It was my number two game of the year. I couldn't agree more. Wonderful stuff and something I, too, continue to think about. And that's why I'm playing Quantum Break and eventually Control. So... Thank you so much, Dean, once again for writing in. Yeah, thank you. Next up, we have Alex, otherwise known as Return to Mother Base. And speaking of returning to Mother Bases, Alex is back on YouTube. So go check him out, Return to Mother Base on YouTube. One of my favorites from back in the day. And uh, he's alive and well drinking his Diet Cokes on YouTube. (laughs) So uh, give him some love over there. And he wrote us a War and Peace novel. This is nice. holy shit. <laughs> Good God. If I have ever, if I have anxiety about reading out loud, I better figure it the fuck out.
0: That looks like a YouTube script. So welcome back to the YouTube and that thought press.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But let's get into this. He titles the email Goaty 2023. And in the parentheses, this is long. <laughs> Feel free to abridge. I got carried away. LOL. No, we read everything here. In yeah, we brothers. do. We don't mess yeah, around. Rusty
0: reads everything here. The, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, I'll give you all the credit. There's no we yeah, in team. That's right. Good clarification there. Comfort food game of 2023 for him. Final Fantasy, final bar line. The timing of this game couldn't have been better. When it came out, I had a lot a lot of air travel between weddings and conversation. Sorry, we're going to start this over. When it came out, he had a lot of air travel between weddings and conventions And as someone who gets wicked anxiety with the whole airport process, including getting an Uber and dealing with traffic, this game was an absolute godsend to keep me level between flights. The nostalgic tunes and addictive nature that the series has had on me since the 3DS continued in full effect. I love the added music, the revisited music, and was able to, once again, experience my forever calming song that plays in Sanctuary of Zeta from Final Fantasy 11. I'm curious, Alex, did you ever get down on Final Fantasy 11, the MMO? Were you playing with Pete Dore and Happy Console Gamer back in the day? Let us know in the Discord. I'm actually curious. He said, truly, this is the ultimate celebration of the Final Fantasy series and one that I've continued to play throughout the year just to replay songs, level up characters, and throw my hat into the DLC songs that were added throughout the year. I'm not usually one for DLC that is so far from initial release, but Barline, you got me, girl. And it was. Final Barline was the gift that keeps on giving. I've been playing it this week, and i'm I'm actually kind of shocked just how much DLC there is. They must have had like eight to ten songs from Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm, as kind wow. of that final DLC pack. So I'll probably wait for a sale and just try and get the the whole uh, season pass for it. But a great pick for Comfort food game of twenty twenty three. you and I were were on the the same line of thinking there, Alex. Slap in OST of 2023, Alan Wake 2. Okay, in my original draft of this blurb, I had spoiler warnings over some musical bits, but the, pardon the caps, Game Awards decided to do a stellar performance of one of the most spoiler-ridden songs in the whole damn game. It's true. Thankfully, they rushed everyone off the stage at various points, so I don't think anyone noticed through the, through the frustration, but in all seriousness, the music in Alan Wake is phenomenal. Remedy worked with some really talented artists to create chapter book endings that not only tell a story, but also set a sonic tone for what you just experienced in the game and what is to come. The tracks are varied, except one that is actually replayed a few times with various effects and sampling loops. If you know, you know. (laughs) And Herald of Darkness captures everything I love about rock opera, music theater, and guitar duels. If nothing else, I would strongly recommend playing the game first in listening to the music second but if sam lake's magnum opus that ties in every remedy game is too daunting after this 13 year wait just watch the game awards abridged performance or download the old guards of asgard album on music or apple music or spotify i highly recommend the 13 minute version i love him calling a lot of this out because that's kind of what i tried to articulate but probably not as well as he said here is that at the end of each chapter, you do have a song that just perfectly kind of captures the events of that chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet Remedy, they don't miss, and they knocked it out of the park with Alan Wake 2. So don't wait any longer, people. Catch up, play Alan Wake Remastered if you have to, and then jump in to Alan Wake 2. It's just so freaking good. His blinking and do Miss a game of 2023. Warhammer, 40k, Bolt Gun. Do people say Warhammer 40,000, 40K? How do you pronounce that typically? I think it's 40K. Okay, 40K. Because
0: isn't it 40,000 years in the future, I think is the premise?
1: Could be. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Isn't Henry Cavill making a Warhammer uh, universe? He might be. I don't, don't know. The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he put down the uh, the Geralt sword. So He did, unfortunately. It was a sad day. Yeah, but now we have a Hemsworth, the second best Hemsworth. Yeah, but
1: that's kind of like a discount version. Hemsworth. It's very
0: much a discount version. Yeah, it's not yeah. the real
1: one. Um Anyways, his blink you will miss a game of 2023 Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun. At least I think this was 2023. Anyways, let's do some math. Boomer Shooter plus Doom 16 plus Warhammer Lore and Weaponry equals who the hell cares. You can fly across a room with a chainsaw and myrtleize dudes. Don't let the retro aesthetic of the game fool you. It gets pretty tough and the levels are just as obtuse as the PC gaming counterparts in the 90s and is a near-perfect love letter to that era. I know nothing about Warhammer, other than people screaming um, Mechaniscus every so often. I hope I pronounced that right. Every so often, and eating brains for immortality or something. But of the several games I played, this one and Space Marine are absolute bangers in the action genre, and well worth a play. Vulkan's titular weapon can also be upgraded throughout the game. It doesn't spell it out, so you need to know uh, what the item pickups are. So you'll be using it throughout the entire game, culminating in an epic final boss fight that took me literally no joke an hour. So a typical boss fight in Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Seriously, play it. OST could have been more metal, but what is there is, uh, but what is there does it just fine. Okay, good stuff. Warhammer 40k Boltgun.
0: Yeah, whichever we'll the next or the newest Warhammer. I don't know if it's Boltgun or Space Marine. It definitely piqued my interest from the most recent trailers, so...
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll look into that. Check it out. You know, one or two, and this is something that I I do want to ask the listeners about. Would it be more entertaining if we had music in the background while we're reading these emails? That might, you know, if I edited something together that kind of complements one of the games that someone selects, or... Maybe I use some kind of AI tool and have like Morgan Freeman's voice, you know, reading these emails. Like I'll kick them off and I'll introduce them, but then Morgan Freeman takes Yeah, because that would
0: be a copy and paste and then Morgan Freeman and his luscious godly voice can pull everyone ASMR them to to the future.
1: Yeah, something to think about. Probably not going to do it this year, but something to consider for next year. I mean, by next
0: year, AI is going to be far better than what it is now and it's already freaking amazing. I mean,
1: I'm literally going to replace you with a... You know some kind of ai chat Dude, as GPT. long as i sound like aerith <laughs> after plaguer i'm cool with that we can make that happen anyways moving on alex's next award category here i'll get to a game eventually of 2023 persona 5 tactica okay first lol should i just send you a picture of my my shelf <laughs> i read that in my mind as a picture picture of myself so you can absolutely <laughs> yeah. send a selfie my way alex whatever you want to do buddy uh, honestly, I feel like I got through my absolute. Uh, I feel like I got through my absolute gotta play it games of the year, but Persona 5 Tactica is definitely getting pushed back. I bought it day one on a buy two get one, and then returned it and rebought it for less. And while it, uh, while it has not yet arrived at my house as of this writing, which is December twelfth, I know it's going to spill into 2024. I love me some tactics games, but considering I already finished Grim Grimoire once more marvel midnight suns which is phenomenal by the way mario Rabbids, sparks of hope and all the dlc i think i got enough tactics going on for 2023 i almost uh i almost uh, installed persona 5 tactica because it's on game pass and i don't think there's a reality where i ever make it through all of persona 5 royal okay what's it? tactica is uh Shorter version, or it's a spin off of the Royal, the one I was playing? It's, I think, the same universe, same characters, but it's kind of like a grid based tac- okay. tactics RPG. Okay. Yeah. Um, I so- guess that would make sense with the title. <laughs> yeah. Persona 5 Tactica. You might yeah, know yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Years of War Tactics. They went hardcore, and yeah. this is this. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Prior year game of the year for Alex Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap, the remake. Seriously, why did anyone slap the controller out of my hand and say, Alex, stop playing that Weibo shit and play this game from yesteryear <laughs> that you never played? Because you only <laughs> learned about the Master System back in 2011 era, YouTube. I mean that. Where were you, gaming community? And Alex's Darkest Hour, man. No one slapped the controller out of his hands, his, his little weeb so shit. So he's hardcore into the Weibo stuff? There, I mean, there was a ton of you for,
0: to eat for the Game Awards. I mean, I literally
1: just... I, I just read Grim Grimoire
0: once more. Like This does sound like a U title, but you don't play weebs. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't
1: know what that is, but... I'll have to Google what this is, but... I think Grim Grimoire might be um, the Odin Sphere folks. Um, Vanillaware. Could be wrong. Anyways, I digress a lot here. Getting back to Alex's email, and this is Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. This game is phenomenal. Not only can you go between retro and modern graphics and sound... But it can do so instantly, a perfect marriage if you're like me and like the modern aesthetic, with the old music, especially Mm. if you're nostalgic, more on that later. Truth be told, this game isn't too difficult, and as an early platformer, um, RPG, Metroid-style hybrid game, it checks all the right boxes without going overboard and stretching itself out for five more hours than is needed, by today's standards, anyways. Honestly, it feels like a reimagining more than a remake because the soul of the game is there. But Lizard Cube, just like the game to Bloomingdale's before 4th grade Picture Day, instead of Children's Place for a red sweater and a corduroy pants. Let me read that again. Dude, you (laughs) you said words there, but... (laughs) Honestly, it feels like a reimagining more than a remake, because the soul of the game is there. But Lizard Cube, just like the game to Bloomingdale's... Just like the game to Bloomingdale's before 4th grade Picture Day... Instead of children's place for a red sweater and corduroy pants, I'm gonna take your word for it that makes sense, Alex.
0: That's a metaphor that went far over my head. Yeah, but I think it makes sense if you
1: know those things. I trust Alex.
0: Yes, that was awesome.
1: <laughs> a must-play that I sincerely wish I played back when it originally released several years ago. I've only been hearing Johnny, Gamesack, and my life and gaming pro- pro- proclaim their love for the series for years, and it took me until 2023 to finally say, "Okay." I get it. Better late than never, Alex. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Ryan's finally getting around to Final Fantasy Seven remake. It took me a while, but I'm here. Yeah. His, what was I thinking last year? He said, truthfully, I think, um, I think I was in a better place mentally last year. Since I use backloggery to keep track of what I finish, looking back at 2022, I think I played way more bangers than I did, li- than I did this year, save the obvious ones. But if I learned anything from 2022. It's to stop this tough guy shit. If I'm not liking a game after several hours, just drop it and leave. Incoming hot takes. So I, I imagine these are games that he started and then put down. Lost Odyssey. Interesting. People say that's the uh, the Final Fantasy 13 we always wanted, hmm. but um, of course we got the better version, which is actually Final <laughs> Fantasy 13 proper. <laughs> Talking to the wrong person. Yeah. Borderlands 3. Triangle Strategy, which didn't really hit with you. Either Borderlands 3 as well. Yeah. And then this... I think this is just bullshit, and he put this in here to piss me (laughs) off. Kirby 64, The Crystal Charge, you didn't like that game? the hell is wrong with you, Alex? And there was way more. But these... Oof, my heart. That's a lot of hours I could have spent playing other games, and in 2023, I really made an effort to enforce a six-hour rule, and weed out the games in the backlog that may not be my thing, or at the very least need to be revisited when the mood strikes looking at you legend of dragoon ogre battle march of the black queen and blue dragon that's a good rule to have
0: yeah i think with game pass it's a perfect rule to have yeah for I sure long you're like i'm not feeling this i'll, I'll put it down mm-hmm. see what happens but yeah. yeah it's a good one
1: no it is a good rule and, and for something like lost odyssey and good god blue dragon's like a hundred hour rpg um yeah if you're not feeling it after six Put it down and move on to something else. Otherwise, you're in for a long stretch of game with something like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. That's kind of how it was
0: with Persona 5. Yeah. It was like, eh, hey, but I, I gave it a call, good college try. Be the first boss, but 100 hours of this, it's not for me.
1: Keep whispering, man. People can hear you. I thought it was loud. Alex's Game of the Year 2023. Without further ado, here we go. While I don't do YouTube on the regular anymore, well, that's not relevant, Alex, because you just <laughs> made a video saying you're back. Anyways, he said, I always make a game of the month of the year video. So while I'm not going to isolate my actual game of the year because I go by what I played, these three 2023 games are definitive showrunners for me. Marvel Spider-Man 2, Star Ocean, the second story R, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. All three of these games did what I hope for in this hobby, an escape from reality. Mm -hmm. Each one does it differently for that reason, and I I have to at least shout the three of them out. Sorry, Rusty. It's okay. My voice (laughs) doesn't need rest. Needs more words. They are all masterclasses in how gaming should be done. Spider-Man 2 showed me what Disney is not doing with their IPs. Fox, on the other hand, with the End of the Spider-Verse trilogy, is exempt from my ire. How do you pronounce that word? I-R-E. Ear? Ire? Ire, I I think. Ire. Okay. Ask the person that doesn't like to read. (laughs) because of miles i've heard it before okay i love the character and i loved miles back when he was first introduced which wasn't a popular thing at the time since he was seen as a spider replacement which couldn't be further from the truth he is another spider-man not like we haven't had that before and this game zero zeros in on the fact that peter and miles are two separate individuals they play differently they interact differently and above all else they have unique personalities i don't even need the I don't even need to talk about the actual game, it's insomniac, it's god as a standard. But from a story perspective, they could have easily made Peter and Miles more interchangeable with a few dialogue, bo- dialogue options and called it a day and we all would have been happy. Instead, they paid reverence to the source material and took what worked in the previous two games, said hold my beer and watch this. I don't think I've ever smiled during an endless dude segment as much as I did <laughs> in this game. I literally felt like my childhood hero and midlife crisis, which I grew up with him too, hero. I love that. Yeah, it's a great description. Yeah, it's a perfect summary of Spider-Man 2. And and that's why I want to go back to it. Actually, I really do mean this sincerely. Check out Return to Mother on YouTube. He had like a two and a half hour discussion with himself it was very podcast format like talking about um his highlight games over the course of the year and and one of the things he talked about related to spider-man 2 was how yeah you had this kind of edge of your seat 100 miles per hour main story but you had a lot of side quest type stuff that helped to kind of complement and flesh out character stories that we didn't get enough of maybe in the main story. Mm-hmm. And and that's why maybe for me, it didn't, it wasn't as high up on my list because I felt I didn't get enough of those character stories as much as I wanted anyways. And that's yeah. why I want to go back to it to kind of experience.
0: some. Yeah. Whereas in the first game it was built into the main story. Whereas this one they did basically the main stories for the main plot and go in full force. And then side stuff is for character development.
1: Yeah, more absolutely. So, um, so Next up we have here, it is Star Ocean, The Second Story R. Star Ocean holds a special nostalgic place in my heart. We were in a post-Final Fantasy VII world, and RPGs were flowing like a waterfall out of Japan, and I couldn't get enough of them. And I finished none of them. Second Story was my first tri-ace game before I knew who they were. But as soon as I discovered they were all about giving tools for endless possibilities, breaking your characters, breaking the battle system, making possible items, dupes said impossible or dupe said impossible items we don't care take it to the extreme and enjoy your time and expel we'll see you at the end of the game with our own impossible bosses that sounds right up my so, ass <laughs> holy shit oh like did you break write, stuff <laughs> did you write this for ryan holy moly the series has been the series hasn't been the same since with sorry i'm struggling already we're only on email two. The series hasn't been the same since, with changing times, if you ask me. It got way more anime than it was already, and I will admit they stumbled a lot on their way to Divine, to Divine Force, which was a Star Ocean game that came out earlier this year, or earlier in 2023. Also, where the hell was I to play this one? But tri Dude, I'm struggling right now. We're gonna get through this, I promise. But tri endures through games and have always been fondly remembered. For Square Enix to even greenlight this game is a miracle in and of itself and the hype surrounding its release. I would hope Square Enix is finalizing or is finally realizing that TriAce is relevant and should be protected at all costs. Then they gave this remake to another developer but they understood the legacy they had to live up to and honestly, I think they totally killed it. They kept everything as is with no paint, bells and whistles and added their own complexities. Now that infinite combo you figured out in 1999 works, but you can also spam assist stuff every 15 seconds and max out your experience bonus at 800%. Triace's motto of break that shit continues to be true. Holy moly, this is Ryan the Game.
0: I was going to say, I'm going to Google this after after we get done recording.
1: Yeah, this definitely sounds like Ryan's kind of stuff. Last but certainly not least, we have about 12 paragraphs of Tears of the Kingdom to get through here, so thank you, Alex. Tears of the Kingdom, I'm saying this right out of the gate, Nintendo should keep making Zelda games like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, but should also make the 3D overhead Zelda games that we grew up with, and for those that want a more contained and thematic experience, like my wife who has finished every Zelda game, yes even two, but cannot stand the direction of Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom from a gameplay perspective. Tears of the Kingdom is a game for a specific sort of gamer. Is for those who like to explore, build, some with more creativity than others, and find ways to overcome challenges in a way only your brain can cook up and not adhere to the loose rules set forth by the game developers. And to that effect, I think it is very is a very personal game and truthfully hard to discuss. Zelda has always been a comfort food series for me. Before Breath of the Wild, I knew what I was getting into even when a new system is introduced. Then... Breath of the Wild came out, and I saw Zelda games in a different way. At least with the sub it's more about reflection and a sense of adventure, limited only by the extent of your wonderlust and curiosity. Not solving puzzles and getting wacky gadgets through thematic dungeon crawls exclusively. that end, in the Of the Zelda series, Specifically, Tears of the Kingdom is a very personal game for the gamer. It's darker and much more ominous and mysterious than its predecessor and has some heartbreaking moments that I would say are emotionally triggering, but you can just as easily miss them if you don't look for them. They are not marked side quests, they are environmental, and while you can eventually find supporting lore, your imagination has already painted its own story and your version of the Hyrule Historia. See what I did there? Stumbling into a new area doesn't open up with, oh boy, am I supposed to be here? Feeling? It's more of, okay, I keep going eventually. Or, okay, if I keep going eventually, I'll find a warp area and then four hours go by. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely need to uh, play Tears of Kingdom next year. This year.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I would say start with the second one. Mm-hmm. The the lore of the first, if you want a quick spoiler, it's, it's a Zelda game. Yeah. It,
1: Yeah. Well, Uh, I watched one. Nintendo put out one to say, hey, to kind of remind you of what happened and went down in Breath of the Wild. Watch this before Tears of the Kingdom. I did watch that. So I'm kind of, I'm already kind of prepped for what happened in that game. Cool. But yeah. His last paragraph here. PSA, don't YouTube any Tears of the Kingdom content, story or otherwise. You're only doing a disservice to yourself. And unfortunately, we live in an age where spoilers are just as easily found instead of avoided. The game conveys strong, impactful moments through its vastness and the soundtrack creates a sense of sadness, but also hope. To that end, I strongly suggest to stay away from the internet, turn off the phone, the podcasts, except the Otaku Brothers. (laughs) He put that in there, not me. And play this game in a vacuum. While it is a Zelda game and has its own story, it's the adventure in Hyrule and the clouds that is the more important thing because your experiences are just that, your own.
0: I would completely agree with that. It's, it's hard nowadays with the algorithm. If you search one thing on YouTube, you get thumbnails with spoilers of bosses and game, like all that kind of stuff. I would definitely play through it with a very, like, don't look at anything. Yeah. You went right over there. You like, yeah, your voice it's getting softer. It's, it's breathing in. That's the hard part. Um, yeah, I, I just get, stay away from all the algorithms. Don't research anything until you're at a point where you feel like you've enjoyed that
1: game. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's definitely getting me excited for Tears of the Kingdom, hoping to play it this year for sure, and I'll be sure to share my impressions, but like Alex said, won't go into too much detail because I want to keep it spoiler light. Nice. Next up, we have Holy Hand Grenade, and he starts out with Comfort Food Game of 2023. He says, there is no one game I kept going back to this year, but this year I discovered that I really like point and click adventures. I've really enjoyed going through the large number of point-and-click games I own on Steam, but didn't actually know I had. Why didn't I know I own these games? Look, it is Steam, and that is how Steam works. You buy shit because the sale price is so low that it would cost you money to not buy it. (laughs) It's so true. Consider looking into the Putt-Putt series, Pajama Sam... Sly the Fox or whatever his name was. You got to check out those. Freddy the Fish. Oh, Freddy the Fish was great. Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon was my mm-hmm. jam.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were great. I actually got those, I think, with super cuts as like okay. a, I got a free haircut or I got a haircut and then they gave me Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon yeah. and Freddy Fish. So. They're basically like, hey, this
1: haircut looks like absolute shit. So here's yeah, a- <laughs> this is going to be your reimbursement. <laughs> here's your little free computer game. Yeah, those are good uh, games. And you could probably get them on Steam for pretty cheap. there. Yeah. Uh, holy hand grenade. All right, next up. Slapping OST of 2023. Alan Wake 2 for him. The between-chapter songs, along with some other very memorable moments, make it an easy choice for a car ride. Absolutely. If they ever print the Alan Wake 2 soundtrack to vinyl, I will be first in line for that. His blink-and-you'll-miss-a-game of 2023. He said, I'm a little surprised I have to bring this game up, but Oxenfree 2. I didn't think the, fir- the first Oxenfree was a blockbuster hit, but I thought it had a good reputation and was fairly well-known. I have not heard anyone talking about two. I do think one is better, but two is still very good. You played Oxenfree?
0: Uh, no. It uh, might be on my to-do list once I figure out what the heck it is.
1: Ollie the Oxenfree, though. That <laughs> That's <great>. my jam. <laughs> yeah. All right, number four. I'll get to it eventually. Game of 2023, he says, there are a lot of games I would like to get to at some point from this year. Mario RPG, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man Final Fantasy sixteen but I don't own any of these games. Honestly, I don't think there are any games that came out this year that I bought and didn't finish. Wow, good Congrats. on you. Yeah. No Mario RPG and Baldur's Gate three are definitely on my to do list. As mm-hmm. well. Mario RPG looks just so looks awesome. great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That art style is just terrific. His prior year game of the year. And, uh, looks like he did not do the, what was I thinking last year? Just his prior year game of the year. Here. He says, this is tough for me. Everyone has been talking about how this is one of the most epic years in gaming. I, on the other hand, have been playing a lot of old classics. This year, I finished Final Fantasy 1 through 7. Holy crap. Wow, speaking of holy moly, holy hand grenade. That's a lot of Final Fantasy. That is a lot of Final Fantasy. The Jack games, Jack and Daxter, shout out to them. All of the Monkey Islands, Day of the Tentacle, Resident Evil 1 through 3. So I've, I have a lot to choose from. Jack 1, the Precursor Legacy for those keeping track here, is one of the greatest 3D platformers ever ever. Final Fantasy V is maybe my second favorite FF game ever, but at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with Grim Fandango. Point-and-click adventures are kind of something you like or you don't. Most other games in the genre I wouldn't recommend to everyone, but I feel like Grim Fandango is really something special. Even if it isn't really your thing, I'd recommend you at least give it a try. And I think that was recently remastered for current generation consoles. That is a, I don't know if it's a Sierra game from back in the day or not, but One of the best to do it, I think, in the 90s. Grim Fandango. So I'll have to check that out. And Jack and Daxter 1, the Precursor Legacy. One of the best. Nice. So good pick there. And then last, but certainly not least, his 2023 Game of the Year. I've been going back and forth between Resident Evil 4 Remake and Pikmin 4. And I think I've landed on Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4 takes all of the best parts of the last three games, puts them in one game, and then improves them. Doing all of that well... Or doing all of that while adding a progress system that none of the other games had. Pikmin 1 is one of the few games I really got into replaying and trying to beat my best time. 1 remains my favorite Pikmin until recently. So it sounds like 4 took that place and it sits at the top of his list for 2023. Nice.
0: That's one I haven't played or I haven't played that series at all, but 4 looked great. It
1: does. Yeah, I'd like to... I think all of them are on Switch now because they had the 1 and 2 remaster. Three was ported from Wii U and now four was made for the switch and I bought four. I'd like to play it. I think that'll probably be my introduction to the series. Even though people say it's going to be tough to go back to the earlier ones after playing four. I don't care. Yeah. So good stuff. And before I forget, I do want to give a little bit of a shout out to the telltale, the walking dead games, and even the wolf among us, Uh, holy hand green. If you not played those walking dead, not a- enough people played seasons one through four, a lot of people played one and two and then kind of dipped out. So definitely play all of the Walking Dead people. Excellent stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, another good point-and-click game or adventure game is RuneScape. It's uh, very much a point-and-click adventure. So is it, it now? It is. I mean, you do click and point and all that kind of stuff. So I I've And it's clicked. one hell of an adventure, people. Let me so, tell you. So, uh, I mean, you could add it to your list. It's not on Steam, but it's got its own launcher. So, yeah.
1: All right. Play uh <laughs> Play responsibly, people. Yes. You know, it's like Bud Light commercials, like drink responsibly, play RuneScape responsibly. All right. Because we know Ryan isn't. All right. Next up, we have Travis. Hey, Rossi and Ryan. Attached is my 2023 Goaty Selections. Sorry for the last minute submission the day before the deadline. Hope you and your families are doing well and enjoying the holidays. I love listening to you guys, and it always brightens my day when you drop an episode, especially your long ones. Well... (laughs) hopefully you enjoyed that four and a half hour show yeah Travis I'll let you know next time I'm in your area and if you're ever up my way let me know and let's meet up thank you Travis and absolutely Travis last time you were down here we got dinner it was good times we'll have to do it again here in the new year very soon my friend but let's pull up your email here send it through his work email love to see it and uh, we got his word document up comfort food game of 2023 for Travis the legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Starting up this year's list was the game I put the greatest number of hours into, over 200. Wow. Wow. Look at you and consistently come back or consistently came back to this game throughout the year. This game is massive, and for me that lends itself very well to binging for a week or so and then taking a break and then coming back for more. Repeat that through all of 2023 and you have how I played Tears of the Kingdom for over 200 hours. I never got tired of returning to the world and making more progress and finding as many of the game's secrets and collectibles as I could. It's top of my list to play in 2024. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back as a comfort food game for this
0: year as well. Good stuff. All right. I love how your voice tapers off as you start talking. I'm trying to ASMR these people.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you'll yeah. love to see it. His <laughs> slapping OST of 2023 Spider Man 2. Man, I love this score. As I sit here writing out all my picks for this year, this is the score I have on in the background. The themes for Craven and Venom are so good and set the tone for the two main antagonists very well. The two themes of Peter and Miles are incorporated very well together, yet remain distinct and beautiful to listen to. Not to forget the music that will play while swinging through the city made me loosen myself, uh, lose myself in the world and just enjoy being Spider-Man. Shout out to the best song, The Great Hunter, on the album. Go mm-hmm. listen to it. Probably Craven's theme. Yeah, have nice. to check it out. His Blink and You'll Miss a Game of 2023. This is a good oh. one. It was on your top 10 in one. I just don't think I think got... it's top five last year. It just didn't get enough love. I think this was your number oh, no, eight. No, 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 no. This year, yeah, yeah, right. your number eight. Listen, I... I... You, you looked at... You know stuff. I took stuff. notes. And it's Octopath Traveler 2 for Travis. The first one is amazing, and I loved it, and I barely registered that a second one was coming out and a month had gone by before I realized the second one was already out I'm not sure if I was distracted by other games coming out at the same time or just personally wasn't paying attention to the release date now I haven't fi- now I haven't finished the game so I can't speak to how the story wraps up but if you have an even a little interest in turn-based JRPGs I can't speak highly enough how much fun this game is to play I got this one on sale around Black Friday for like 25 bucks on PS5 did you? Hoping to play this one this year as well.
0: No, this is a fantastic one. Darker stories. um, It definitely captures
1: that old school JRPG turn base. You love to see it, man. Good stuff. As I'll get to eventually game of 2023. Baldur's Gate 3. I was so hyped for this game. I bought the game, installed it, had my tiefling character created, and finished the tutorial mission day one. But the next day, rough life events happened and other games came out. And now I'm kicking myself in the butt that 2023 is over. Haven't gotten to the game yet. Life and responsibilities just get in the way sometimes. But I assure you, I will get to this game. Hoping I can find time or some time over the holidays to get into it, since I really don't want this sitting on my backlog too long. Yeah, this is one that I feel like the more it sits in your backlog, kind of the the deeper it, it continues to get pushed back, just because it's kind of like that Witcher three, Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles two and three, the Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild. Like man. I really need to carve out like a month of my life to play this game
0: yeah it's such a large game and then we want to play this one together mm-hmm. so it's also coordinating that so it's gonna be we'll
1: figure out some time but yeah it's big yeah for sure His prior year game of the year it takes two nice setting the stage um it is me my wife a rainy spring evening we have our cocoa we have ambient music playing in the background <laughs> no kids and a hot beverage coffee for me chamomile tea for my wife relaxing on the couch we'd spent the day putting together and organizing our office and are looking for some games to play together and decided to give this game a try and absolutely spend the next three days putting all responsibilities aside we didn't feed our kids we didn't let the dog out we didn't shower (laughs) I'm I'm kidding that was a little bit of a stretch he didn't put that in the email I you know took some luxuries reading it here he said I fell in love with the art style the characters and the charming story this game had about a couple and their relationship beautiful story except the part where you torture and murder an elephant and despite the game not taking all that long to beat it stayed with me all year and surpassed all other games in my backlog
0: i didn't know if you added that torturing an elephant part but i can barely see that that's in there that is legitimately
1: in the email (laughs) Yeah. yeah i guess that's kind of the interesting thing with these emails is the listeners that didn't write them don't really know where i start and stop yeah so you know
0: yeah i can see that that's uh I mean, one game of the year for a reason. Yeah, it did. It's, a, it's a
1: great game. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Did you yeah. ever finish that with Lauren? I didn't. It's on Game Pass, so we'll probably um play it there. Okay. But, um, but yeah, it takes two. Shout out to them. Is what was I thinking last year? Last year, I put Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes on my Get to It Eventually slot. Well, I certainly didn't get to it this year, but you know what I did play? Fire Emblem Engage and Fire Emblem Three Houses and Fire Emblem Awakening. But once again, the Fire Emblem Warriors <laughs> game stays in my backlog another year. I suppose, I suppose it is fitting since I put it in, I put it in the get to it eventually category, but I need to call myself out on not getting to it despite playing other games in the Fire Emblem series. Well, the fact that you played Engage, Three Houses, and Awakening, even in Place of Three Hopes, my freaking goodness. Yeah, that's a lot of Fire Emblem. That is a lot of Fire Emblem. I probably won't play those three games in the next five years of my life, let alone one year. Yeah, no, me neither. It's, I think three houses is the one I'd start with. You'd really like the social aspects of that game. Yeah. Kind of Harry Potter-like. Yeah, Yeah. good stuff. His 2023 game of the year. Is it a surprise considering you put 200 hours into it? The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. He goes on, I'm a lifelong Zelda fan going back to Ocarina of Time, which is one of my first games I ever played. I thought Breath of the Wild was just the perfect Zelda game. And this was me and my wife's most anticipated game for years. I had some high expectations for it, and it delivered on everything for me. Most people know that the game has a beautiful art style, fun game mechanics, and a great soundtrack, and I agree with all of that. But for me, what puts Tears of the Kingdom as the best game of 2023 is a little more of a personal reason. Mm. He says, I played most of this game sitting beside my wife, tossing the controller back and forth as we explored the world. It reminds me of my childhood days getting together with friends for sleepovers and staying awake as late as possible for just one more round of gaming. Being able to do that with my wife makes me happy, and when it's with a game as good as Tears the Kingdom, there is no competition for my 2023 game of the year. I love that. Yeah, me too. Nothing really beats the the couch co-op. That's right. feel. And uh, Lauren, I've been trying to get more into kind of the past, the controller, or at least playing games co-op. That's mm-hmm. why we went to the cabin. Yeah. Played a little of the Skywalker Saga. We want to get to It Takes Two. Um So, yeah, excellent stuff, Travis. Love to see it. Thank you so much. Would Lauren be interested in Tears of the Kingdom? I don't think so. No. That's not really. She's not an open world. She's more of a farm
0: simulator kind of person.
1: I think she's her tastes have evolved since we got married. You know, I've 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 introduced her to some games, but I think she given the stress of her job, she kind of anchors back to the Harvest Moon Story of Seasons type of stuff. Okay. Just because it's really easy on the mind. Yeah. In indie games. Yeah. You know digestible
0: Um, like one or two sittings kind of yeah yeah yeah,
1: absolutely i mean gree spirit fair the short hike or a short hike she loves those types of games so um but i'd love to get into chia
0: chia she'd like that one maybe
1: yeah be relaxing yeah she'll have to play that for sure but um we go on we got josh prep this might be the longest email of the day (laughs) not that we're awarding people for doing so but here we go josh prep we love when he writes in good evening Or whatever time it may be, Otaku Brothers. What a year we had for video game releases. I may not be a betting man, but something tells me we are going to have a diverse selection of games awarded by the Otaku Brothers community that it may be hard to find reoccurring games in each category. I would say Alan Wake 2, Tears of the Kingdom, and Boulder's Gate 3 have been reoccurring for sure. Speaking of categories, it's time for Rusty's favorite when I list multiple game nominees. (laughs) with one winner
0: he was complaining before we uh, started recording
1: unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately i couldn't limit myself to four nominees it's cool but five this time given the amount of games i played this year but i promise to make exp- each explanation short and sweet i'll be the judge of that Josh. <laughs> all right convert food game of the year as ryan is continuing to suffer from the plague over there the nominees are grapple dog curbing the forgotten land Sonic Frontiers, mm. Super Mario RPG Remake, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, and the Otaku Award goes to Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. For me, comfort food is often what I see as something I can snack on when I have a few moments of my time or when I need to travel for work or personal reasons. Final Bar Line fits that line of being able to play a couple of songs and put it back down. What makes it stand out above the rest is its addictive gameplay, fusing ge- or RPG mechanics with a music rhythm title and you're absolutely right josh final bar line is that perfect game where you can either play five songs or 50 songs 30 minutes or three hours it um yeah just good stuff yeah you love to see it The slap an ost the nominees are assassin's creed black <laughs> flag hell yes josh curbing the forgotten land neo the world ends with you super mario rpg remake the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. The oh, whoa, And the Otaku Award goes to... Drumroll... Neo. The World Ends With You. Call me biased, given my love of the original The World Ends With You. But Neo not only provides wonderful remixes of the classic songs, but also brings in new songs and genres that fit well as an evolutionary next step. I cannot wait to hear what Rusty thinks of its OST. I remember The World Ends With You... Um. A reference not everyone might get, but Craig, TV and Lust kind of turned me on to that game back in the old school YouTube days. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really unlike anything I've ever heard before. What's it's, the genre? Uh, it's kind of like a techno anime type music. It's good stuff. Okay. It's good, uh, Twister. Yeah, check out Twister. World ends with you. Blink and you'll miss it. The nominees are Grapple Dog. You okay over there? Yeah, I'm just fidgeting. Okay. Yeah. Fidget less. <laughs> the nominees are Grapple Dog, Kazi in the Wild Mass, Lego Builder's Journey, The Murder of Sonnet the Hedgehog, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. I hardly recognize any of those games. Yeah. And the Otaku Award goes to The Murder of Sonnet the Hedgehog. You may be asking yourself, this is a joke, right? Far from the con- contrary, Ryan. Murder came <laughs> and went as a simple April's <laughs> Fool's joke but I feel like those that didn't play it are truly missing out on one of the most fun point-and-click adventure games, Hello, Holy Hand Grenade, that have been released this year and not only pokes fun at Sonic, but is a loving tribute to the franchise. Yeah, I thought this was a joke title, for sure. Yeah, I think it was an April Fool's joke by uh, by Sega. It was a day-and-date release on Steam. On so it's a
0: to how point-and-click Sonic game? It's not just a side-scrolling or 3D yeah. kind
1: of run on a path? I guess so. Yeah, I will have to check it out. Because so I'll get to it eventually game of 2023, Astral Chain, Hollow Knight, Nina no 2, mm-hmm. Revenant Kingdom, one of our favorites, Octopath Traveler 2, another great one. Xenoplay Chronicles Definitive Edition. Man, what a list of games to get to, Josh. And the Otaka Award goes to Hollow Knight. One of my goals for 2024 is to really focus on RPGs in my backlog. I may have accomplished knocking out quite a few games from my backlog this year, but RPGs are a huge chunk of what is weighing me down. In between all the RPGs I want to play, I want to make sure I can devote time to Hollow Knight. I look forward to exploring the bug-filled maze in between the various grand adventures I have before me. That's one you and I need to get back to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I wasn't successful at the first
0: boss, so mm. I kind of quit. It's a lot darker than other uh, games in the same genre.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. His prior year game of the year, oh, this is just... <laughs> he knows who he's writing into. The nominees are Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, The Last of Us, Part 2, Neo, The World Ends With You, Sonic Frontiers, and Triangle Strategy. And the Otaku Ward goes to... Assassin's Creed, Black Flag. Dead Man Tell No Tales, or as the saying goes, I haven't played an AC game since AC2 many years ago. I know I have heard wonderful things about it, but never played it until I popped it into my Switch. I couldn't get enough of exploring the ocean, searching for treasure, and improving my trade routes. I almost collected everything before I remembered to get back into the story. I enjoyed my time so much that I look forward to jumping into Rogue next year as part of the collection. Wonderful pick, Josh. I'm so glad you finally got around to playing Black Flag. And Rogue is really good. I started it after finishing Black Flag actually earlier this year as well. And instead of being in kind of the tropical Caribbean, you're kind of in a like frozen over area Mm. so it's a little bit of a different style for sure but i think you'll enjoy it when you get around to playing it and here we go the big one game of the year the nominees for josh are assassin's creed black flag you love to see it neo the world ends with you super mario rpg remake theater rhythm final bar line the murder of sonic the hedgehog and the otaku award goes to Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it didn't. He actually gave this one to Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. a little bit of an Oscars uh, mess up like a couple years ago. He says, I'm a simple guy. I love video game music and I love Final Fantasy. Put those two things together and you create one of my favorite franchises of all time. I love the prior two entries on the 3DS and as a grand finale to this spinoff series, Indies Zero knocked it out of the park. The attention to detail put into the series quests and character abilities has the same love and care that is put into smash into the smash brothers series like rusty i was obsessed with this game the month i purchased it and i would gradually pick it up here and there to just play one song i don't think we could ever get something quite as magical as this again which is why final bar line is my 2023 game of the year happy holidays and cheers to the wonderful 2024 josh prep And I completely agree. I would encourage you, Josh, because you are a fellow Kingdom Hearts fan, to pick up um, Melody of Memories, the Kingdom Hearts rhythm game that plays somewhat similar to Final Bar Line, because that's just a celebration of Kingdom Hearts. But when you look at a series that spans 15, now 16 mainline games, plus all of its in between spinoff titles, the fact that they were to pack all of that in, plus all the DLC packs, it really is a magical game, as Josh said.
0: So, excellent. I, uh, I I found out that I suck at rhythm games last night when playing a uh, Final Fantasy seven. Oh yeah, I-, I am not good. Yeah. So I'll leave that to you and other the other
1: connoisseurs of Josh Prep game. and goom, the rhythm game aficionados. Well, thanks again, Josh Prep. Next up, we have another Josh. Josh Leslie, also known as Frantic, he's coming in and says Goaty Frantic Edition, or Frantic version. Excuse me. His comfort food game of 2023. This year, it was Diablo 4 couch co-op with my partner. We played almost 60 hours, joking around and having a good time. It was wonderful. Diablo 4, another one we need to play. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. His slap and OST of 2023, Sea of Stars, every track sings true. It's absolutely the most wonderful sounding game I played this year. You must never gotten around to playing Gollum. (laughs) So many grunts and weird... Dungeon noises. That's right. Uh, what a shame. Sea of Stars though is one that I need to play. That's one I'm on my list of JRPGs to play this year. Yeah, his Blink and You'll Miss It game of 2023, A Space for the Unbound. Huh? This game is being, this game is being slapped on. An impactful story told brilliantly with so many twists and turns, you will not forget it. I recommend everyone giving it a chance. Never heard of that one. I've never heard of that yeah, one either. To check that out. Is I'll get to it eventually game of 2023, Cyberpunk 2077. Now that it has its 2.0 patch, I'm so interested to see what the hype is about. Also, I've got to try Boulder's Gate 3. Hmm. Yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 is on top of the list for me in 2020. Yeah, I heard it's a totally different game from the glitching mess that I started out with. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely top of my list to play this year for sure. His prior year game of the year, Gunfire Reborn. You play as a bunch of cute animals in an FPS roguelike that's so addictive, you'll never want to put it down. Also, <laughs> shout out to God of Ragnarok, a game about Kratos, the bloodthirsty god of revenge, learning forgiveness and acceptance. Just wow, they did it. So you must have finished Ragnarok this year. Those are polar
2: opposites.
1: <laughs> they are. Gunfire Reborn. I would not get a cute little animal FPS roguelike out of that title. No, but it sounds interesting. Yeah. Another game we'll have to check out. Your 2023 game of the year for Josh frantic is definitely Spider-Man 2. He says they somehow top themselves and then some a snappy, beautiful and impactful game. I won't soon forget. I will play anything insomniac makes until I die. Hopefully that's way in the yeah, future. Josh. Hopefully that's a while from now. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Setting up Spidey three uh, pretty well. Yeah. With those ending credits. So cannot wait. Thank you so much, Frantic, for writing in. We very much appreciate you, buddy. It's good to see you back in the Discord as well. Next up, we've got our boy, Eric, also known as Nintai, also known as the New York Jets super fan. (laughs) He starts out his email. He says, Hey, gents, before I provide my answers, I wanted to first acknowledge those in the gaming industry that were let go from their jobs this year for circumstances outside of their control. I appreciate the work that you do, and I hope you land on your feet soon and he of course is directing that to the many 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 people who lost their jobs in the games industry so um couldn't agree more yeah the games industry got hit pretty damn hard this year was there a specific company that let a lot of people go bungie let a lot of people go from the destiny okay team um and it was it was pretty widespread across the industry okay so um yeah not easy not easy stuff but he goes on I also wanted to thank the Otaki Brothers for continuously providing a great podcast and a respectful community to participate in. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Eric. Very much appreciate, appreciate it. it. With that said, here are my winners. His Comfort Food Game of 2023? My initial response to this was Diablo 4 because of my recency bias with the ongoing Season of Blood. Upon further refre- reflection, my winner is Metroid Prime Remastered. Nintendo surprised us with the shadow drop for a really well done remastering of, in my opinion, one of their best games in their entire catalog. I had a fantastic time retreading my way through Talon overworld once more. Furthermore, I was very impressed with this remaster. It felt more like a remake than a fresh coat of paint like most remasters are nowadays. Nintendo managed to continue the Metroid momentum regenerated with Metroid Dread and I hope that continues in 2024 with some news on Metroid Prime 4. This has to be the year that Metroid Prime 4 not only comes out, but maybe it comes out alongside the Switch 2.
0: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they've been talking about it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Have
1: you played many Metroid Prime games? Um, you don't need to whisper about it. But it's, you know, it's it's not like Have it's, you
0: played many Metroid Prime games?
1: Not a taboo subject around here. We love Samus. Right? We don't discriminate. Um, I played Metroid Other M, which I think is typically looked at as the best in the series on the Wii. Um, played that back in the day. It was good times. I got it for a new copy for $5 at Best Buy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, no, that's actually looked at as like one of the worst Metroid games ever. I I played one on, I think,
0: the 3DS. I got like a demo copy before it came out and just played that demo over and over.
1: Oh, you're thinking of like Prime Hunters on the original DS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played a couple of Metroid games. I got Prime Corruption. I think that's the third one on Wii. Played a little bit of that, but I've never really gone through any one Metroid game end-to-end outside of, I think, Samus 2 or Metroid 2 on the Game Boy and other M. So I need to change that with, I imagine, the second game is going to get a remastered, as well as the third one, and then eventually leading up to the release of four. So I'd like to go through all of them someday. Nice. Okay. Yeah. His slap in OST of 2023, he said, I was going to go, or I'm going to go with original OSTs only, Although Octopath Traveler 2's OST gives it a real run for its money. I'm awarding this to Sea of Stars. I frequently had this OST playing in the background as I grinded away at work. Like all great soundtracks, this one captures all the feels from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I can speak to Octopath Traveler at least. It's a great soundtrack, so I mean, if Sea of Stars is up there, definitely want to play that. Yeah, good stuff. Is Blinking You'll Miss a Game of 2023? Baldur's Gate... Just Just kidding. This one was pretty tough for me. Whenever I look at other people's lists, I always get a little embarrassed. No need to shame. There's no need for shaming ourselves because we didn't beat enough games here. All right, Eric, don't worry about it. But he says, whenever I look at other people's lists, I always get a little embarrassed. Not because I think my choices are bad. Rather, it makes me realize I haven't played enough different games. So I'll probably have to go with Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Good choice. A situation more important than video games caused this game to be delayed for an extended period of time. Once the game came out, it felt like the hype was just not there. It seemed like people were focusing on Tears of the Kingdom. I had a good time with the game. That doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement, I know. But uh, you liked Advance Wars 1 and 2. I did. Uh, it, they kind of shadow
0: dropped it without any kind of marketing. Yeah. When I mean, they did originally, but closer to release. I mean, um, to Eric's point, other things were going on. Yeah so, yeah. so, I mean, I enjoyed my
1: time. It's just tough. So definitely going to get back to it good stuff all right well his i'll get to it eventually game of 2023 he says i feel attacked kind of going back to what i said about not playing enough games there's a ton here i think i should narrow it down though for everyone's sanity one game i would really like to play is super mario rpg it turns out i've never played the original and i've heard nothing but great things i'm a big fan of the paper mario series so i feel like this one will be perfect for me completely agree and we're in the same boat i've never played a paper mario game either and I think Super Mario RPG would kind of be the a good introduction to that mm-hmm. because we've got that thousand year door remake coming on switch at some point that we got to play as well. This prior year game of the year, another difficult one. I think I'd have to go with cyberpunk 2077. I somehow have three copies of this game and played it <laughs> at launch three years ago. It was a good experience. Now though, it's pretty fantastic and feels more like the original intent CD project red was after. The game is gorgeous, and different builds really change how the game is played. I ended up watching the Edrunner show on Netflix, which I also recommend because of this game. I love it. Uh, Frantic picked it. Eric picked it as a prior year. I think uh, Frantic was more of a, a game he hopes to get to this year, but um, good stuff. Yeah, you have a copy of it, right? I gave you my PS4 copy. I'm going to play it on Xbox. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was I thinking last year? I think this one will give a lot of people heartburn. With the Burning Shores DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, I decided to go back to the game, and I soon realized it's not as good as I remembered, and as and is a significant downgrade from Zero Dawn. I, you know, I don't think that, for at least for me, isn't a hot take. More so because I feel similarly with Eric. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it's sequels are hard,
0: especially when the first one had such a high bar mm-hmm. in establishing that world. And like the history to it is hard to, I guess, capture that spark again. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, Forbidden Forbidden West looks gorgeous, mm-hmm. but the actual gameplay itself, I was kind of just ah, you know. Plus, the story really didn't do anything for me. I felt like not only was I going through the motions for a lot of it, I saw the end of the game twist a mile away. Yeah. And I felt similarly similarly with Jedi Survivor. Yeah, but completely. But anyways, I don't want to digress too much because we have Eric's game of the year to get to. He says, there's no way that it's not The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's not Zelda. Full transparency, Breath of the Wild is in my top three games of all time. Oh shit. Naturally, I was looking forward to Tears of the Kingdom and it's the better game. So why isn't my game of the year Zelda then? I wanted to give my nomination to a game that I thought was really unique, creative, and a great reminder of why I play games, even as an adult. I don't think this game will get the pedestal that Zelda will get, so I wanted to take this time to put Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush on my shoulders and nominate it for my Game of the Year. It's a good pick. It really is, and it's one I need to get back to. I played a little bit of it on Game Pass when it was shadow-dropped, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, the Shinji Mikami, I think? The main uh, director behind Resident Evil 4, he went and did his own studio called, like, Tango Works or something like that. I'm butchering a lot of stuff right now. Chronos Correction Corner, if I get that wrong. But Hi-Fi Rush, it was kind of a day-and-date release on Game Pass. Shadow dropped after that um, Xbox showcase towards the end of December, maybe early January, I cannot remember. But um, you got a lot of buzz earlier in the year. I think the only unfortunate thing for Hi-Fi Rush is that it was the first domino to kick off an unbelievable year of video games. Yeah. And it kind of was just forgotten amongst a sea of great games, but um, I'm glad Eric did not forget it. And we will not forget it here on the talk Brothers because we mentioned it and hopefully people go and play it more. So high five rush. Great pick, Eric. Thank you so much for writing in next up. We have our good friend Chronolink91. We have a segment named after him. We have a history of getting emails from him, correcting us. And we also have a history of getting audio questions when he's tired. And uh, <laughs> we haven't gotten one in a while, Chrono. So consider writing one in here in 2024. We'd love to see you. We go on his go to list 2023, ChronoLink91. What is good, fellas? Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and wow, I don't know where 2023 went. I have a lot of gaming I need to catch up on, so I hope next year chills out a little bit. We couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, completely. His comfort food game of 2023. Sadly, there were not many games that could fit into this category for me, as I found myself in a weird rut for a lot of the year. While Slay the Spire comes close, as Rusty's voice cracks, I have to give it to Hollow Cure. That's all one word, Hollow Cure. I found myself playing this vampire Survivor's like every so often, and every moment was a delight. Hollow Cure is a hollow live fan game, which is, which used to be an independent download, but it released on steam this year is still being updated and is completely free filled to the brim with references to hollow live members. Some so deep that I don't get a lot of them. It's just a fun romp with amazing pixel art that I'd even recommend to non hollow fans. All right, do you know what hollow is? No, no idea. Hollow live. I'm unaware. You'll have to enlighten us, enlighten us in the discord chrono. He said i also want to highlight super mario rpg remake which was announced and came out this year to my childhood delight it was everything i wanted it to be and every moment i spent playing it felt like a warm hug it might be a little on the too easy side but the additional post-game content seems to be challenging enough to whet my appetite another one we need to play yeah and sure. shout out to our friends over at tarkeron they also did a review of this game on their youtube channel definitely check it out His slap in ost of 2023 final fantasy 16 masayoshi soken never misses i haven't beaten this wonderful game yet something i plan on doing before rebirth comes out next year but the whole ost is a flex and a half also special mention to bravely default 2 and the super mario rpg remake yeah i mean 16 was our uh slapping ost mm-hmm. so excellent pick Is blinking you'll miss a game of 2023 Forspoken came out earlier in the year, and nobody really gave it a chance. I get it. It had some pretty cringy dialogue, and the main character is insufferable. And her arc is not very satisfying, in all caps, he says. And it generally felt like there was some special sauce missing in there. However, despite this, the gameplay is awesome. Exploring the world is fun, and the world in general story is still okay. I'd argue that, in spite of how insufferable Frey tends to be, her interactions with Cuff are pretty funny. The game does a poor job exploring the nuances of her character, but they are there. If only it didn't take a Reddit post to remind me, I do look forward to going back to and platinuming this game. You also got some DLC to catch up on to there, Chrono, and I'd agree with most of those points, if not all of them. That's probably the best way I could sum up for Spoken. I think it could use a little bit more time, maybe another team to come in and help with the, the writing and the character development, but otherwise, it's okay. Yeah. Didn't deserve all of the hate it garnered. Going on is I'll get to it eventually game of 2023. Alan Wake 2, but mainly because the end of the year was so stacked. I think final bar line also counts here. This could have been a good comfort food game, but it just never came up on my Alec. Play me psychic connection I have with my games. Wow. Good for you, man. <laughs> I wish I had a psychic connection yeah, with me my too. games. My decision paralysis would probably go away. Oh, and Baller's Gate 3. But that kind of just goes without saying good stuff. His prior year, Goaty, this is surprisingly or supremely tough. Undertale and Resident Evil Code Veronica are right up there, but I think I need to give it to Celeste. A beautiful indie game with one of the longest and hardest final levels I've ever seen. Seriously, you think Impossible Lair is hard, you stooge, Rusty? (laughs) He didn't put those words in there. I kind of just inserted them because I'm still kicking myself for not beating Impossible Lair. He said, I've been playing the last level of Celeste for maybe close to an hour, and then I found out I was a fraction of the way through it. I never beat that level, but to be fair, it was a DLC update level meant as a final challenge to those who had already mastered the game. Maybe someday. I'll go back to it.
0: It is a freaking hard game. That's probably the hardest platformer I've ever played. I think I've gotten to the fourth level. I think it's the icier one. Um, there's just one sequence where there's so many inputs and you basically have to be frame perfect for mm-hmm. a lot of the middle to end game stuff, but we're, it's a great story
1: worth getting to. Okay. Good stuff. You have one I've never played. So I need to get around to for sure is what was I thinking last year? He said, I think my list from last year was pretty accurate in terms of what it all said. Lots of games from then. I still have to get to many. I need to get to this year. Still really. I should have been asking, what was I thinking not playing the games that came out last year? Because all of all the amazing ones that came out this year, wow. That was like the freaking quote from Bilbo in the Fellowship at the Ring before he kind of sneaks away, where he's like, I don't know half of you, half as well as I should like. And I like less than half of you, half as well as you deserve or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it really was. My goodness, Crono. We love you, buddy. But um, he goes on here to talk about his 2023 Game of the Year last, but certainly not least. Because of how few games I beat that came out this year, my shortlist includes Tears of the Kingdom, which I feel like I got enough of a vertical slice in gameplay to make a judgment on, Final Fantasy 16, and Spider-Man 2, which I am currently playing through. My vote at the Game Awards 2023 went to tears. It had everything I could have wanted from a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, similar... Everything I wanted from a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. Similar mechanics, large new areas to explore, and loads of new and unique abilities. The crafting felt very different from most traditional crafting systems, and is filled with seemingly endless possibilities. The general vibe I get from people is that it's almost too overwhelming, but I feel like most of that sentiment is from people who didn't stick it through enough of the game to get past that unease. To put it another way, it was like they took the free-to-chart-your-own-journey aspect of the first game's world exploration and prodded that out to mechanics of the new game. I admit, I did not make it especially far, so leave it to me to default to the new Zelda game. In any case, I hope you're able to still talk after all my wordy answers. (laughs) It was an unusual year in a lot of ways, with a lot less Otaki Brothers fun, but I'm still happy you're coming back to talk about one of the best years in gaming possibly ever, even if it did have Gollum the day before and Rise of Kong to try to equalize everything. If you ever need a guest again, for whatever reason, I'm only a Discord message away. Look forward to having great conversations with you both again very soon. Alec, aka ChronoLink 91. Well, thank you for the very kind words, Chrono. We will absolutely have you back on the podcast again. I think you and I, whether it was on or off air, talked about doing a memory of melodies episode with uh U2 songs. So oh. maybe that's one we don't ever actually release to the public. <laughs> But it'd be fun for you and I to at least uh, chat you two and share and swap some stories listening to that band growing up. But um, thank you so much. Love the email. I'm struggling to get all the words out, but uh, we press on. (laughs) We press on. Next up, we have our good friend Nolan. Had him on for the Starfield episode. And Nolan, my word, buddy, I owe you a text. We need to geek out on Starfield. I know I was only 10 hours in when we recorded. And now I'm like 80 plus and I beat the game. So you and I need to geek out here soon about Starfield and maybe do kind of a uh, spoiler cast discussion um, in the near near future. But anyways, Nolan's very late submission, but it came in at the nick of time because he sent his email December 22nd and and we're recording on January 6th. It was close. It's all good. Hey, hey, guys, I hope you both and all the listeners had an amazing 2023 with even more to look forward to in 2024 been a crazy year and i hope you're we all able to slow down just a bit over these last couple weeks here's my list for this year's goatee show apologies for cutting it to the wire but always appreciate what you guys do for the community is comfort food game of 2023 we just mentioned it starfield i love this category for me starfield came at such a perfect time this year anyone that knows me understands that if um anyone that knows me understands that The type of entertainment media puts you, if any type of entertainment media puts you in space, again, struggling with words, for even the slightest amount of time, I'll be interested. Starfield came out during a long weekend off work with three other friends, picking it up at the same time that I did. That whole weekend, every day, we hopped on a Discord call, talked about what we would have been doing, or talked about what we have been doing. The small or crazy big experiences that happened to us and found so much joy in sharing what we learned or new places we discovered. That whole weekend is a core memory to me that allowed me to enjoy Starfield in a way I never thought I would. With that, I will always have a special comfort feeling jumping back into that world. I love it. I love it, Nolan, and I could not agree more. Yeah, completely agree. If you need more space stuff, The Expanse on Amazon Prime is definitely a show for you. I feel like that's a show that Nolan has
0: probably already watched, but... For sure. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, there's six seasons. There's nine books with some uh, side
1: books. But yeah, definitely worth watching. And in addition to The Expanse, check out Firefly with Nathan Fillion. Absolute classic. Only like 13 episodes. And there was a follow-up movie called Serenity to close it all out. Excellent stuff. One of my favorites. His slap in OST of 2023, Hi-Fi Rush. I'll have to admit, I didn't finish Hi-Fi Rush. But I'll also admit, the soundtrack slaps. The sound design, on top of the music itself, is so tailored and well done to every detail. It's not hard, to, or it's hard not to smile while playing this game. I think what really strikes me is how they immerse you into the music, making the soundtrack so core to the game, even down to how the environment moves to what music is playing. It's so good and a must play. A side note to this, a good friend of mine loved the music and colors of this game so much, he bought the vinyl soundtrack and doesn't even have a record player. So I think that's a good indication wow. of how awesome this game's music is. Yeah, that might be you Yeah, in the future. <laughs> could be, could be. Is Blinking You'll Miss a Game of 2023? Bookwalker, Thief of Tales. This game came out of nowhere for me, and I was immediately interested due to the art style and premise. I haven't finished it yet. I've lived by this phrase in 2023. <laughs> but I played enough to feel confident in this choice because of the quirky dialogue, fusion of simple turn-based combat, and interesting worlds you go to. The overall theme is that you gain the power to go into the worlds of books and you're tasked with stealing items from within them. How you do so varies, but the art and control style is reminiscent of Disco Elysium, which is absolutely amazing. I recommend making a pot of coffee, sitting down for a few sessions and enjoying this game where you can. Make note of that one too. Bookwalker yeah, Never heard of that one. It's called Bookwalker Thief of Tales. Check it out, people. It's, I'll get to it eventually. Game of 2023. Hogwarts Legacy. Great choice. As I was going through what I played this year, I was actually surprised that I've played pretty much everything I bought, but I haven't finished all of them. Hogwarts Legacy fits this category perfectly for me in that regard. I was blown away and immediately immersed into this game, loving every small detail, every uh, revealio cast, and how good it felt to be in this world with an RPG playstyle. I'm not sure what pulled me away, but I'll admit that some portions of the game got tedious and didn't go as deep as some things. I'm still very much wanting to finish this because I think it's a true gem for those who love the magical world. I also spent way too much time in my room of requirement playing that herbology table just right. (laughs) Completely agree. Good stuff, Nolan. And uh, you're one of few that can relate to me who enjoyed those original Harry Potter games on the PlayStation 2 back in the day. So freaking good. Hogwarts Legacy definitely takes it to another level. So I'm looking forward to getting back to that here this year as well. His prior year game of the year Arcade Paradise. Alright, so, I have no idea, or I had no idea, that I'd be so engrossed in a game where I play more games within it. Let me tell you, this game had me wanting to play as soon as work ended and not wanting to go to bed until I could get that next expansion onto the arcade. The loop is nothing extravagant, but they found that perfect balance of time, work, and a rewarding feeling. The arcade games are unique and so fun to master, and the soundtrack is right up my alley. This game is so worth exploring. I'd recommend it in a heartbeat. And this is on Game Pass too. So Arcade Paradise. Check it out, people. Love the pick, Nolan. Good stuff. His, um, what was I thinking last year? He says, shoot, I can't remember if I was able to submit last year. No worries, Nolan. No worries. Last, but certainly not least, for Nolan, his 2023 game of the year. Baldur's Gate 3. I know Boulder Gate 3 has been the top of so many lists this year, and I'm not scared to put it at the top of mine as well. This game. I almost have no words on how it has fundamentally changed how I play, connect, and enjoy games with friends. I am constantly floored and surprised by what happens within each story you embark on in the world. I have four separate pan- campaigns going between friends and my solo run. Not one has been the same. Each time you explore, the world reacts differently to how you react to it. It's a push-pull that always ends in something fun or chaotic that either way brings a crazy amount of pers- crazy amount of personality and uniqueness that makes you always wanting more. All of this on top of a beautiful fantasy landscape, balanced mechanics, and a soundtrack with such emotion. Boulders' Gate 3 is one for the ages. And whether this style or D&D is, is or isn't for you, I'm just so happy for anyone to experience this game. If you want to hop into a campaign, let me know. Although, Michelle, his wife will adamantly say I should not add yet another playthrough to my schedule. (laughs) Good stuff, Nolan. Thank you so much, and I appreciate the time you take to read through all the submissions. I'm getting pretty tired of it, Nolan, so I appreciate the long email. (laughs) Keep the vibes going, and I hope everything or everyone has an amazing 2024 all around. Nolan, what a terrific email. Thank you for taking the time to write all that you did. Very, very good stuff. One of the major highlights of the year for the podcast and otherwise, was catching up with a good friend, Nolan. That was just an excellent show. Good times catching up, my friend. We'll, we'll do it again soon. All right, Ryan, we have four emails left. And let's open up this next one here from our good pal, Blankum. He titles the email, The Only Goaty Opinions That Matter. <laughs> just kidding, but kind of, but not really, but. All right, here we go. From Steve, also known as Blank. Howdy there, my otaku bros. Blink here. Another year, another opportunity for me to thank you all for all the time and effort you put into recording and producing this podcast. I speak on behalf of the entire Otaku Brothers audience when I say, hey, thanks, buddy. Now to the games. What a year we've had. I've heard it said that this is the best year for video games in a long time. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I'll tell you one thing. This was a really freaking good year. And beyond games, it was just a great year in general. In my own life, I had a freaking kid. That has certainly impacted the games I've played and the decisions I've made. So forgive me if he comes up once or twice in the picture. I've rambled enough on my selections, so I'll do less here and get right into it. And congrats. Shout out to Sprite and Blank with the little one. That is just that's just awesome stuff. So happy for you both. By the way, shout out to Sprite. Eventual Knits. Look her up on YouTube. She's been doing these vlog videos. I think she did one like every day in December and they were amazing. Yeah. I never commented, so this is my shout-out to you, Sprite. I loved them. They were such a such a treat, and it was fun getting a little insight into you and Blink's life with the little guy. Yeah, and he's adorable. He is very adorable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> very adorable. Comfort Food Game of 2023, this one has a few strong contenders. My gut reaction was to list Final Fantasy, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. What incredible game this is. Or, uh, what an incredible game that is just so easy to dip in and out of. But... If I'm being honest with myself, that wasn't my comfort food game. That was a game I played a ton of for two weeks, then haven't revisited. Although I definitely will. No, I think I have to give my comfort food game pick to Leia's Horizon. Or Leia's? Where would you go with Leia? Yeah, that Leia's I, that Horizon. better. For those unfamiliar, Leia's Horizon is a mobile game produced by Snowman Studios and published by Netflix for their mobile game service. Oh. The gameplay is simple. You start at the top of a mountain and glide at the bottom doing tricks and exploring caves, villages, and landmarks along the way down. Think of something like gliding from Journey, but on a much larger scale. The whole game is relaxing, and it's really easy to get into a zen-like flow state as you play. I played this game a lot in the first few months after my son was born. When I didn't have the time or energy for anything else, I could always pull out my phone and spend five or ten minutes doing a couple runs down the mountain. Really appreciate that game being there when I needed it. Really have to check that one out. Yeah, really unique, unique choice. Yeah. What was that? Re- reunique? Re- reunique. Reunique. Yeah. yeah. Words are getting hard. It's kind of like
0: Layla versus Leia.
1: Yeah. Slapping OST of 2023. All right. This year is just absolutely messed up for good soundtracks. So many incredible game scores from Final Barline to Final Fantasy 16 and beyond. If I had to pick one soundtrack that I really want to highlight, it would probably be Planet of Lana. Planet of La- Lana is a limbo style 2D puzzle platformer where you play as a young boy trying to flee from robots that have landed on your planet and taken things over. The soundtrack was produced by uh, Takeshi Furukawa, the same person who scored The Last Guardian. Oh. And it really elevates the entire tone of the game. The entire soundtrack feels like a film score with instruments rising and falling, almost like they're trying to match the action on screen. It really feels like it would have been composed by someone like Hans Zimmer or John Williams in certain parts. Just listen to the track, uh... Halo Village and tell me you disagree. Alright, well, this is another one, uh, Planet of Lana, that is on Game Pass. Yeah, this was one that also piqued my interest. So I'll have to check it out for sure. Blink and you'll miss a game for Blink! I'm going to give this category to an indie gem that I played right at the tail end of the year, Chance of Sennar. It's a game focused on deciphering language from context, as you explore the world and talk to characters, they speak in a language entirely made of runes. Based on what you think they're saying, you can then tag each individual rune with the word you think it represents. And from, context slowly st- and from context slowly start to build out your understanding of the language. That's cool. At certain points, the game will test you on various words and terms as well, so you can confirm your suspicions as you go along. It's immensely satisfying and a great brain workout, but never gets too overly difficult. If you're the type of person that enjoys the more cryptic elements of games like Tunic or Fez, I highly recommend it. Love the pick, Blink. You talked about it so much on your Goaty stream. And I have to imagine that on that next episode of Polygill, it'll be one of your top five beats of the year. Uh, One I need to get to. Yeah, for sure. That sounds right up my alley. Good stuff. Because I'll get to eventually game of 2023. This year was filled just as many games that I wanted to play as it was games I did. My list of misses this year is absolutely brutal. I think the big one I wanted to play, but just never got around to, was Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. I'm a huge Jet Grind Radio fan, and when an unofficial follow-up in that series was announced, I was pumped. So pumped, in fact, that I immediately pre-ordered the Fizz a Dish from I Am 8-Bit. Unfortunately, (laughs) they didn't end up shipping that until early December, and by then, my plate was too full to squeeze it in. You're too busy playing of P, Blink. Let's be honest. Even if it showed up, you'd be just running around with Pinocchio and Geppetto having too much fun.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I caught the tail end of your Game of the Year stream, and I was glad to see that you made a crap ton of progress
1: in that game. He eventually beat it, man. So shout out to Blink, playing of P, and more people need to go play some P. All right? Update that P organ, you know? Yeah, the P organ. Who doesn't want to upgrade their <laughs> P organ? That's what I tell myself every morning. That's Okay, there it is. <laughs> Definitely one I'll be checking out in the new year. His prior year, Goaty. So many incredible retro games played this year. As I tend to do, though, I have to give it to one of the coziest games I played this year. Hell yes, blank. Dragon Quest IV, Chapters of The Chosen. A Dragon Quest game from this era is always going to hit high for me, but the way that this game was structured really won me over. I loved playing as different characters... From different walks of life, seeing them grow in their own way, and ultimately all coming together. From a family of dancers to a merchant, there is so much variety in what you're doing in this, while retaining that great Dragon Quest warmth the entire way through. What a special game. Excellent pick, Blank, and um I'm not sure you've explicitly said this or not, but I'm curious, do you have plans to kind of play a Dragon Quest game every single year now? Because I feel like you had some catching up to do on the DS ones, but Um, I know you've played four and five. I'd love if this year you maybe just skipped six and played nine. Nine is so good. Although six is good too. Nine is just so good because you get to customize all your little outfits and stuff like that. Create your own character. Isn't four the one that they're pixel remastering? No, that's three. Three. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. But Dragon Quest, you can't go wrong. They're all terrific. And, um, yeah, I have to get around to playing 11 and finishing that at some point for sure. What was I thinking last year? He says, "I feel pretty good about my list from last year, with some of my all-time favorites topping the list, like Tunic, Citizen Sleeper, and Neon White. Oh, and Elden Ring, I suppose. My biggest mistake from last year was just not having played some of the great games from 2022. One that I was definitely, one that I definitely would have added to my top 10 if I'd gotten around to it in time, would have been The Quarry. I love the work Supermassive does, in particular with Until Dawn, and I just think The Quarry is their best game by pretty much every metric." the characters are most believable and likable, the story is the most interesting, and the choices are the most difficult. Without getting into spoilers for those that haven't played it, the monsters in the game add a unique twist that makes most decisions more than just a keep this person alive or not binary. Really loved it, and a shame it missed my list. It's another one I need to get to. Yeah. And then last, but certainly not least, we have Blink's Game of the Year. This is one of the hardest goatee decisions I've ever made there just wasn't one game that stood clear above the pack like in some previous years I think you could swap around my top five into almost any order and it would make sense with runner-up games like Sea of Stars Final Fantasy 16 and Alan Wake 2 how could you go wrong but in the end I gave my goatee award to Clive and Wrench oh no wait a second he gave it to Daily Observer I'm sorry not Clive and Wrench I repeat his game of the year for blank is Daily Observer Let's read on and see what this game is. Daily Observer is a game built inside Media Molecule's Dreams engine on PlayStation. The game was developed by 800 Pixel Gorilla, the maker of a previous Dreams favorite of mine, Locke. Daily Observer is his follow-up, and it goes in such a fascinating and unique direction. The gameplay is a mixture of an escape room, puzzle game, adventure game, and has daily login bonuses? It's an escape room that you play for 20 minutes every day with cooldowns that reset every 24 hours, hence the name, Daily Observer. It's very strange. That just makes it all the more captivating. Each day your character wakes up in a small space station about the size of a tyf- typical bedroom, and you do various tasks, focusing around exploring uncharted planets and a genetic research. Oh, and genetic research. Those play out in a style of various mini-games that you can interact with. As you play them, you start to learn that there's more to this whole process than originally meets the eye. I can't go into great detail without spoiling things, but it really goes in some interesting directions. Every day, my fiancé and I would log in for 20 or 30 minutes, solve some puzzles, and slowly start to build an understanding of what is really happening in this world. By the end, we couldn't stop talking about our theories and discoveries, and looking forward to the next day so the game could reset and we could poke a little deeper or learn a little more. Best experience without much prior research. It's a game I super highly recommend to any Dreams player. And if that's not the most Blankoom pick for his game of the year, Daily Observer, for folks interested, it is a game within Dreams. You got to check it out. Sounds fascinating.
0: Yeah. No, when you picked it, I ended up going and looking at some trailers. It's
1: definitely, definitely a Blank game. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that. Another great year of games in the bag. I'm looking forward to kicking my feet up and playing some retro classics or doing some trophy hunting in January. As always, I appreciate you both and hope you have a great holiday season in 2024. Thank you so much, Blank. Really appreciate the email. Love the picks. We've got a lot of games we took note of that we all need to play. Yeah, thank you. And next up, Ryan, again, three emails left. You looks like you're doing worse than I am over there, and you're not even reading. You okay? Yeah, I'm struggling, but I- I'm here. You're going to stick it out for the team? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah we got this. You got to earn your Otaku Brothers sal- salary. Yeah, you right? know, I- I've got some coffee. I'm ready. Yeah, okay. We got an email from Nicknack, our good friend. He starts the email. Hello, good sirs. Thank you so much for extending it a bit. Glad to see the community continue with bringing you tons of submissions like last time. And here's one more to add. Thanks again, and happy holidays, guys come for food game of 2023 street fighter six you might be surprised seeing a fighting game be one of the most comforted games to play this year but if you move the same old online multiplayer stuff to the side delving into the single player modes are very relaxing especially the world tour mode the idea of just creating your own character going around various locales doing fetch quests starting random fights with people on the street and leveling up makes it a nice game to just turn your brain off turn your brain off to while balancing it with other things not much of a street fighter guy no i've never gotten really into it but um i like the pick i know street fighter 6 was um on top of people's many many people's lists and um i don't think it got a goatee nomination at the game i don't think so no but it probably should have slap an ost of 2023 bomb rush Cyberpunk. blink just mentioned it being a spiritual successor to the jet set radio games you're given a beautiful array of music ranging from techno electronic funk and pop with each track perfectly fitting the coolness of just going around futuristic setting and spraying graffiti and performing tricks on various modes of transportation just in case if you need to find a track to represent the game here's a fun video i found providing samples of each song well it's probably a good opportunity for me to say i don't think we're going to do the medley this year unfortunately it just takes me a tremendous amount of time. I love going through that exercise of pulling all that music together, but um, it's just tough for me to find the time to do that while also trying to squeeze in the uh, the uh, the Goaty episode that I want to do for my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that we had a four off four and a half hour episode <laughs> yeah for our Goaty show already. Sure. So maybe next year we'll bring it back if the listeners uh, want me to. But we go on his blinking no miss a game. Of 2023, A Space for the Unbound, a game I really want to try out after seeing Salazar Naruto and Steph Sudev post some tweets about. I decided to buy it on the eShop and talk about an interesting game. The gameplay is basically, or is a basic point and click adventure, but what makes it stand out from the rest is both the story and setting. Taking place in Indonesia, the game focuses on a guy's friendship with a girl that has superpowers and how, and how out of nowhere, Excuse me, the world becomes chaotic after she constantly uses them. The characters are really well done, and there are tons of great plot twists and deep subject matter that make you want to continue playing. I can see why this game was nominated for Games for Impact. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. And personally, um, I can see why this game was nominated for Games for Impact. And personally, with a physical edition releasing next year, I hope people get their hands on it more. you have to look into this one. It's another one that Frantic mentioned up, I think, for his blank and miss it. A space for the Unbound. His, I'll get to it eventually game, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Probably gonna get some hate here, but I still haven't even beaten Breath of the Wild because of real life taking too much of my time. Still, I decided to pick this up uh, because it's just hilarious. Seeing Nintendo charging people $70 for a Switch game. Now I just need to devote my life to Breath of the Wild so I can finally get through this. Well, I only made it through like eight hours of Breath of the Wild there, Nick. So Really no for both of them. No worries. Yeah. No worries. Prior year, goatee, Resident Evil 4, the original. In preparation for the remake, I decided to beat this, and of course, it definitely holds up to where I can see why it's considered one of the best games ever made. Unfortunately, I only put less than an hour into the remake because it was a bit hard, especially with very various changes reflecting the remakes of two and three. Let's just hope. I'll be able to beat it before year's end. Good stuff. Resident Evil 4, one of the best. All right. Ryan loves it. I love it. Everyone yeah, loves it, I put right? so many hours. Yeah. Similar to you with the remake. One hour. Exactly. What was I thinking last year? When making my list for my favorite 2022 games, I put Vampire Survivors pretty low at number nine. I regret that now as I put more time into it and am now part of the bandwagon because I've been pretty addicted to it with trying to surpass each run, upgrade my characters to an unstoppable force that can't be touched. If I were to edit my list, it would now be either number 7 or number 6. Good pick. Vampire Survivor is another one that I think is on Game Pass, so check it out. And finally, last but not least, Knickknacks Game of the Year. Street Fighter 6. Until I try and restart RE4 or start, up Bartle- or start up Baldur's Gate 3, this is my goatee for now. On top of already gushing on the single player modes and other multiplayer modes, it has... The game also has very good stylistic choices in its menu screens and character designs. Even though there's a high chance Capcom will release a super ultra mega version of the game, <laughs> like they always do, the content for this game alone made it worth the purchase. Games well worth the reception and sales it got for sure. Yeah, they did that with Street Fighter 4. There was probably like eight different versions of that game. That sounds about right. With all the different yeah. DLC and remastering. Just pulling it. a Skyrim. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, just pulling a Bethesda two emails left but Nick knack thank you so much for writing in very much much appreciate your support of the show and uh sneaking an email in just in the nick of time <laughs> they got Look the dad jokes ball. three hours later <laughs> all right here we go our good pal logan writing in we haven't heard from logan in a while hope you're doing well hopefully you had a great christmas and new year's logan but he says hi guys long time no email I had to get in on the annual GOATI episode, and I believe I barely made it, but I'm glad I did. I hope you all, including the listeners, had a great 2023, and here's to a great 2024. Here's my list. Comfort Food Game 2023. During summer, I had a huge health scare that ended up being okay. But at the start of it, the Steam summer sale was going on. I saw Final Fantasy 13 was on sale, and I remember playing through it in middle school, when I was also going through a tough time. And playing that all these years later, during another tough time in my life, helped me stay grounded, knowing I would eventually get through it. I usually have a really tough time in open-world games with the way my brain works, getting overwhelmed with so much to do. So having the linear story really helped me enjoy my time again with this game. Well, first of all, Logan, happy everything worked out with the Hell scare. Yeah, that's never easy. Good to hear. But I'm also happy to hear that Final Fantasy 13 met you at a time where you needed a kind of a reprieve from the real world. 13 is great for that and um, the problem with Final Fantasy for me is even though I have so many in the mainline series I haven't played I just want to replay stuff like 13 and 9 and that 12 at this point that is difficult for me to actually chip away at the ones I haven't played yeah yeah me too I've played so many <laughs> yeah I'm actually getting better so
0: I mean yeah
1: I'll get to them yeah you'll get to those other ones eventually his lap in OST Silent Hill any of them he said, "I listen to the soundtracks when I'm walking in the gloomy Ohio winter weather, and it fits perfectly."
0: Interesting yeah.
1: pick. Yeah, yeah. We um we gotta figure out a time, Logan, for you, Ryan, and I to hang out. Yeah. you're really not that far away from us, and it'd be fun to kind of meet up, grab some lunch or something like that. Yeah, Ohio's not the biggest state. No, it's, it's not. like two and a half hours from anywhere.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. yeah. Well, for especially sure.
1: yeah for us. But um, good stuff. His blink and you'll miss a game of 2023, Lethal Company. Here's the summary from Google. Lethal Company is up to four-person survival horror game. The game takes place in a retro-futuristic post-apocalyptic universe where players take on the role of contracted employees or contracted employees working for a corporation collecting scrap from abandoned industrialized moons while having to avoid traps, environmental hazards, and monsters. He says the thing that makes this game so fun is that it's proximity chat. Plus, you can get walkie-talkies and you're collecting things while being trapped in this huge building with your friends and monsters of all sorts, and it naturally creates the funniest moments I've had playing video games. For anyone who hasn't heard of it, I would suggest watching some clips on YouTube. It's genuinely a hilarious and scary game would be super fun for a Discord game night. That's Lethal Company. I think i've definitely seen gameplay
0: anything with a proximity chat is freaking hilarious what does that mean it just within if you're in a specific radius of someone they're able to hear you oh uh, i think
1: rust is another big one okay. for this yeah, yeah. Okay. just being able to interact if you're close enough okay we'll have to check it out it'll be a fun guest discord night we haven't yeah. done a discord game night in a long time is i'll get to it eventually game boulders gate three reoccurring theme with a lot of listeners yeah I loved playing Baldur's Gate on the PS2 with my uncle growing up, so I was excited when they finally announced this, but had to wait forever for it to release. I ended up purchasing and playing Diablo 4, my first Diablo game, when it released, and that killed my need to play Baldur's Gate 3 until I went up until I want to play something like that again. Well, good stuff there. Yeah, yeah, we need to play that Definitely too. on our list. Is prior year goatee? I know Ryan is going to love this, but I played Dark Souls 1 for the first time this year, and I absolutely loved it. I knew he was one of our favorites. Yeah. yeah. Elden Ring started his love for FromSoft games, and playing the game that started it all for him has been amazing. I absolutely love the combat, and actually having to use my brain instead of just mashing attack makes the combat feel so much better. Looking at you, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I cannot wait to keep playing the FromSoft games and replaying them after I beat all of them. Glad to hear it. Bloodborne is up
0: there as
1: one you should probably play next. Yeah. Well, if you h- struggle, or you're running into any issues, uh, Logan, no better person to reach out to than Ryan. Yeah. Tips and tricks. Yeah.
0: Just a Discord away.
1: That's right. His 2023 game of the year, like I stated previously, earlier this year, I purchased Diablo 4 upon release. It was my first Diablo game, and I didn't realize how much I loved dungeon crawling, gear grinding games until I played this one. I mean, every day after I got the kids to bed, I could not wait to play this game and grind to get better gear and better dungeons, etc. I absolutely loved it, but I wish I would have waited and bought boulders gate three instead after seeing how well it was praised. Well, next year you can play boulders gate three. Mm-hmm. Logan, yeah. thank you so much for the email. You. Glad you're doing well. The hell scare didn't go South and you played final fantasy 13. Lots of good games. Again, let's get some time on the calendar. Hit me up on discord. Let's, uh, Let's get a bro lunch on the calendar. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, last but certainly not least, Ryan, we have one final email to get through and then I can rest my voice. Thank goodness. But we're going to give everyone their due time this year. I mean, I feel like last year we maybe rushed some people, um, didn't give people the the time they rightfully deserve because each listener takes the time to write these emails. You know, Mm -hmm. hopefully I do each person their due diligence and justice here. Sorry, Chrono. I think we cut you short last year. I think we but, did. Yeah. Yeah. Reading through them, Trying to still bring the kind of pizzazz and energy for each It's all person. right. You got one email left, and then I've got a fun fact for days. So. Okay. Good stuff. Well, last, but certainly not least, we have MidiPoor. His comfort food game is Honkai Star Rail. In 2023, I had bought a Backbone One controller for my iPhone, and I found it easy to sink time into this gotcha hell of a game. Oh, it's kind of like a... Oh, loot boxes. Yeah, kind of a gotcha thing. Okay, good stuff. And that's Honkai, H-O-N-K-A-I, Star Rail. I'll have to check that one out. Slap an OST goes to Mario RPG. It was a joy being able to hop between the original and remake's soundtrack. Big shout out to the wonderful, the irreplaceable, the best, Yoko Shimomura. He's a real one. His hidden gem... Is killer frequency. Nolan and I played or talked about this back in our um the episode that we did. He said, I enjoy playing horror games in Spooktober like anyone else. The blend of comedy here is a nice break from all the frights. Killer Frequency, check it out, people. Um The Mist Award. Which one is that? Um He put he kinda like abbreviated some of these, so this would have been the Blink and You'll Miss It, okay? Thank you for having my back there, Ryan. So the blinking you'll miss it there. <laughs> World of Horror, Midi Poor says. I had pre-ordered a physical copy of this game on a whim. It looks up my alley with the Junji. Ito Sorry, that, that bus really hurt when it got run over me just now. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's like falling asleep. I just need to make sure he's awake. No, wait-over. I just got a balloon in my head. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna reread that. The blinking you'll miss a game for MIDI <laughs> is World of Horror. He said he had pre-ordered a physical copy of this game on a whim. It looks up my alley with the Junji Ito-inspired aesthetic. I'm not sure who that is, so I'll have to look it up after the episode. Prior year game of the year for MIDI, Valkyria Chronicles 4. The characters and storytelling here is very anime. Highly recommended. Although the combat is sluggish compared to other tactics games I played this year, it's still fresh after all these years and sequels since the original game. Is what was I thinking last year? Pokemon Legends Arceus. Some of the Discord members might recall my criticism of the mainline Pokemon games in 2022. I decided to give Legends Arceus a shot. Not only did I have a great time, it's now a toss-up between this and Gold and Silver for his favorite in the franchise. That is really high praise. Yeah. Yeah, you were just talking off
0: mic about wanting to go back this year. Yeah, I do. I've
1: got a long flight booked for March, and I feel like that's the perfect game to complement that flight. So, more on that. Yeah, maybe once you're done with that, I'll, I'll pick it up. Yeah, in the future. And then Poor's Game of the Year, Pikmin 4. I enjoyed roading Atochi and tossing Pikmins to their death. I probably butchered that name, but um, <laughs> I think that's the little the little puppy. Oh, Pik- okay. Pikmin 4. Yeah. Um, excellent pick, Poor. Thank you so much for the email. And thank you, everyone, for writing in to the Otaku Brothers Community Game of the Year special. Yeah, thank you. We cannot thank you enough because, again... We don't really have a whole lot to, to give back outside of just the, the podcast episodes themselves. So for folks that wrote in, no matter how many words, we very much appreciate you. And beyond that, we very much appreciate the Otaku Brothers community sticking around, still tuning into the podcast. Ryan and I had a couple of hiatuses, but we're very much excited going into this new year with kind of a, what I would consider a renewed energy for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. A lot more Otaku Brothers in the year to come for sure. With all that being said, Ryan, we have one, maybe two final things to do to wrap up the episode. The one thing that everyone was probably anticipating the giveaway. Yes. All right. So, if you want to get in on this giveaway in future years, all you have to do is write us an email with a submission for those select award categories. So, I have 27 entries technically here because sending an email gets you one entry. If you write us a review, on Apple podcasts or anywhere where you listen to the podcast, or you even just give me evidence of a five-star rating on Spotify that will give you two more entries. So I hopefully didn't screw this up. I'm pretty sure I've everyone flagged for who provided a review in the past. I have Dean with three entries because he provided a review, Josh prep, Eric, otherwise known as Nintai chrono, Nolan blink and Logan. That leaves Alex, Travis, Frantic, Nicknack, and Mitty as the people who have not provided a review. I don't say that to call you out specifically. I just want to make sure I'm giving everyone their fair shot at getting this eShop gift card. In the past, Ryan and I have been giving people a twenty dollars eShop gift card, but because the otaku Bo- the otaku brothers dollars were just rolling in this year with all of our <laughs> with all of our Patreon support, we're doing a thirty five dollar eShop gift card this year all right so Dean is one I think five years in a row it's not rigged I promise but this year maybe someone else will take home the big $35 eShop gift card so all you wonderful people out there can either order Tinykin, Ukulele, or Assassin's Creed Black Flag on the Switch but Ryan with that being said I think you have a, ra- a random number generator pulled up yes so I have everyone listed here one through 27 Drum roll, please Ryan, what is the number for the winner of the Otaki Brothers Community eShop gift card? 26. 26 is an, a recent email that we read that is none other than Logan. Logan won the $35 eShop gift card. So, Logan, I will be reaching out to you over Discord in the very near future. Hopefully, you can buy something nice. Maybe get back to us in Discord and let us know what you end up getting on the Switch for yourself. This is if you have a Switch. I honestly don't know if you have a Switch. And if you don't, then the next episode, maybe we'll re-roll. Yeah. Yeah. But we won't re-roll until I get confirmation from Logan on whether or not he has a Switch. And um, otherwise, I could always give you like a the same credit for PlayStation Store, mm-hmm. Xbox, uh, wherever you play your dang video games. All right with all that being said, folks, we are just over three hours for this episode. I want to thank everyone once again so much for listening to the podcast over the course of the year and certainly these past two Gody specials. Ryan and I will be back in two weeks for our most anticipated top 10 games going into this new year, in addition to sharing some of our game resolutions uh, as we keep playing and chipping away at our backlogs in 2024. But With all that being said, Ryan, there's only one more thing to do. I've got to turn it over to you and say, do you have any parting words or fun facts for our listeners this week? Yes, I do. Uh, So gaming history was
0: actually made at the end of last year. Oh, I heard about this. Uh, So Tetris, after 34 years, they finally hit the kill screen. Um, So it was done by Blue Scotty and previously. So there's different speeds in which the Tetris blocks fall. And at level twenty nine is the fastest speed, and that's generally what people considered basically the end of the game because you quickly lose. Um, and then someone eventually got to level thirty, um, but that that held that for or that record was held for like seven years. Wow. So they thought it was impossible. Um, the kill screen, just in perspective, that was achieved in December twenty first of last year. Was level 157. Oh my gosh. So there are different techniques that were used to kind of break that barrier to deal with the speed. The first technique was hyper tapping, and then it was rolling play. Um, there's a really great video called After 34 Years Someone Finally Beats Tetris. Um, it's done by a gaming scout on YouTube. 16 minute video, really interesting watch. Um,
1: but yeah, Tetris kill screen was finally reached. Well, I'm pretty sure this was just a young kid, right? He was like, it was, he 14. was really young. Yeah. Well, there's a whole story about this. that's kind of going viral on Twitter and among the, the gaming community because this young kid beat Tetris. He was live streaming it. He was, you know, very emotional about it. Rightfully so mm-hmm. as he should be, this is a monumental achievement and some news broadcaster was commentating about this. Yeah. And just crapping on him, right? Yeah. She was basically just like, that's not a life achievement. Get your ass outside and play some, you know, real game. I did see that one. Yeah. And it caused a shitstorm on Twitter and everywhere else. And I think a lot of people, I think um someone who's responsible for the creation of Diddy Kong Racing and a lot of rare games, like mm-hmm. rareware games back in the nineties, like tried to get a hold of the kid and say, like, hey, um he helped do the art for a lot of these games. I'm not really sure what his name was or his ties to games like Diddy Kong Racing, but I think he was going to draw something on a canvas for this kid and say, hey, this is actually a big deal. Screw everyone that says it's not. Like, I'm going to make you something. Yeah. And um, I have to imagine, like, other people... And hes could probably get invited to the freaking White House at this point. Just good stuff. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's basically like winning the national championship of the NBA or something like that. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, after 34 years... Tetris still has a freaking massive... I mean, there's a Tetris championship every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the video that I was watching uh, earlier today was basically saying, now that this kill screen has been reached, um, the speedrun or that kind of community is now kind of shifting their gears and
1: looking for different achievements that they can now uh, achieve. You love to see it, man. Good stuff. Well, shout out to that kid. I hope he, he deserves nothing but the best and hopefully... A lot of people in the industry reach out to him to continue to congratulate this on, again, this monumental achievement. But speaking of monumental achievements, Ryan, over two episodes, we have nearly eight hours of Otaki Brothers for people to listen to and catch up on. So hopefully, again, this episode finds you well. Hopefully it is a very healthy and fun start to the new year for all of our listeners. Again, I'm struggling to speak because we've been talking forever. And may you continue to play great games in 2024 may you continue to click play on the otaku brothers podcast because (laughs) we have lots of fun episodes coming real soon we'll see you in two weeks for our most anticipated games of 2024
0: see ya